What's good, everyone? This is Ball Don't Lie Australia, proudly brought to you by Step Back Clothing. I am your host, Dan Dinellen. Joining me as he does every week is Mel Crawford. The big dog. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. It's last week of school, so for both of us being teachers, that's happy days ahead. We've got pending no lockdowns. Uh, as you're listening to this, if it's Thursday, uh, state championship, CBSQ for high schools in Queensland is about to tip off. Um, my school, Bray Park State High School, is on show court this morning, Ooh. 11 a.m., the very court that the Boomers won their gold medal at the Commonwealth Games at the Gold Coast. So, better yeah, good friend check of us Kadee, out, Jason Kadee. Yep. Um, looking forward to it. As, as you're listening, I'm probably driving down there as as we speak and as you listen. So, uh, if you've got nothing better to do, come check it all out. But um, so it's going to be some great talent on show, uh, especially in the higher divisions, which we are not part of, but quite a lot of NBL one. Uh, players, both in the boys' and girls' open division. So, plenty of talent on offer. It's going to be a fun weekend. So, yeah, I'm working an extra couple days. Miss out on two days of holidays, but all for a good cause because we all love hoops. Yeah, um, we do. But, Mal, yeah, we're we just do. talking off air. And although I'm feeling pretty pumped right now and excited, something's banging your backboard over there. Oh, banging my backboard aggressively. <laughs> And I don't know what it is, so I'm looking forward to hearing it. No. Well, I played a game of hoops last night. And it's the second one in a while. First one in a while with glasses, which, wow, that makes a difference when you can see. Did you okay. play with glasses or goggles? This is important. No, I played with a very tight older pair of glasses <sighs> with a sweatband over the top. Yeah, it's... Need look, those goggles. It's on my to-do list, to be honest. <laughs> it, it genuinely is, but... Playing a game, and let's not be you know let's not beat around the bush. This is Div Three ball, like you know we're we're not talking high level hoops here, but you know we're playing away. I'm down near the base baseline. Um, ball gets tipped. It came off me. The ref called it the other way. I was like, no, no, ref. Like you know, let's be fair. Let, let's be fair. Sorry. Um, you know that came off me. That's the other team's ball. And there was <laughs> nothing from the other team. Like, not even a, you know, th in fact, the other team were just like, yeah, see, we told you, like, to the refs. It's like, whoa, okay. All right, no, no, fine, fine. I did the right thing. No, no, that's cool. You know, I don't need a big thank you. Like, that's not why, I, you know, that's not why I put my hand up in those situations. I put my hand up in those situations because that's, that's the way the ball, you know, the ball don't lie, all right? And neither does Mel Crawford. No, no. And like, cool, whatever. Get in D, we're all good. Ball gets chucked in, goes around, um, gets tipped by one of their players. One of their players dives out and then throws it in, tries to throw it in back in off my leg to then for it to go out. You know, not a new play. Seen it many times. Saw it coming. Braced for it. Uh, wasn't quite ready for where the ball hit me though. Um, yeah, right. This is turning from bangs my backboard to bang someone else. Oh, it banged it. <laughs> yeah, old lefty never saw that one coming. Um, yeah, oh, it pull direct shot right mm, in the gentleman's area, 
And but it didn't go out. Like I stuck stuck with the play, got the ball, got it to my teammate, and then took a couple of very strong deep breaths. Like the refs stopped the game just to check, make sure I was all right. Like it took about you know about a minute for me to actually start to get up and move up and down the court and whatever, what have you. At no stage did anyone on the other team like just sorry man or anything like that. It's like okay. Righto, guys. Like, sit. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Div 1, Div 3, you're playing for a championship or not. That's just a quick hand up. Oh, my bad. You know, sorry, buddy. You're good. A quick check in. But no. And that that really bangs my backboard because that is a simple, simple manners of basketball sportsmanship thing. Oh, that banged my backboard and something else rather aggressively. But, you know. We went on to win by, was it 25 points? Like, you know, we got it done in the end. But, yeah, just simple court manners. Simple court manners. Doesn't matter what level you're at. Does not matter. Mm. Uh. Yeah, I agree. I've only one, like, what annoys me the most on the court and uh, the team I currently play with and most people who have played with me for any period of time knows the thing I hate most is people who are unsportsmanlike or... As you, the story you just said, won't put their hand up to say my bad, even though the ball clearly came off them and the referee made a mistake. They'll just go and grab the ball, throw it in. It's like, mate, this is rec league. Every person on the court knows that came off your hand, including you. Just say it came off you. Yeah. It's not sheep stations. No. You might win a pair of socks if you win the season, like, and they're not ones you wear. <laughs> um, and so that annoys me. I would say on par with the most, tied with referees who in the same context can see 10 players walk the opposite direction on the court when the ball goes out, but then call everyone back because they refuse to overturn the call. And they'll say, no, 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 the, my, my call was it's going this way. And everyone's like, well, we're all walking to the other end of the court because yeah. you're wrong. And nope, 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 my call is this. Yeah, that, that frustrates me like... You know, players are meant to, you know, apologize or say my bad if they get something wrong or, you know, but a referee, like, just put your hand up. Say, all right, sorry, guys, I got that call wrong. Let's get on with it. Yep. Um, and, yeah. the, and the referees were fine last night. I mean, they could have called a bit more, but they let us play, you know. Mm. And they were... Love that. They called things straight down the line both sides. Like, there was no, you know, there was no bias, no silliness. And when I said, no, 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 sir, that, that came off me, you know. Off me, their ball. It's like, okay, thank you. Like, cool. But, you know, showed more sportsmanship than the other team. Which, that was just purely the, the other players. Yeah, just mm. just thought it was weak. Just genuinely thought it was, that was weak. Weak you know? source. Mm. 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 You know it's not weak, Mal? Lots of things. The Incredible Hulk. No. <laughs> oh, wait. Are we allowed to say Marvel characters? I don't know. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> What's not weak is this week's lineup. Not at show. all. Not at all. We are back to our off-season analysis. We're looking at the Southeast Division in the East, obviously. Uh, so <laughs> just in case anyone didn't know Southeast was East, now you do. You heard it here first. It's also in the South, according no, to No, no, no. <laughs> don't be silly. 
Atlanta. Says it on the tin, mate. Says it on the tin. Atlanta, Washington, Orlando, Miami, Charlotte. We're breaking down the off-seasons for those teams in the NBA. We're then coming back home. We're going to be breaking down, or should I say New Zealand breaking down, because we're talking about the Breakers and their off-season. Before finally, we talk about our boys, the Brizzy boys, the Bullets. We're going to be having a look at this totally new roster, new coach. The Bullets are back. They're ready to contend this season. Or are they? You'll find out later in the show. Mm. We will then have a look at and review the NBL 1 North Finals. We had the women, Logan Thunder, up against the Southern District Spartans. And in the men, we had Mackay up against Cairns. Some thrilling basketball over the weekend. There certainly was. And spoiler alert, there was something in there that banged my backboard as well, which we'll get to. But uh, it's been the week for it. It's been the week for it. Doesn't bang my backboard is the MVP of the men's final series, Jerron Jameson, who will be joining us here on the show to discuss his life around basketball. And before we deep dive into this NBL 1 North season and finals series. So we're really looking forward to that. But Mel, as usual, before we get into anything, we have a packet of cards to open. Bit of cracking. Brand new pack. Security checked before. Before. There was a bit of uh, disbelief earlier. Here we go. For those who don't know, we crack a pack of cards, we pick one of the cards, uh, we both pick a card, and then we talk about it at the end of the show. Um, and the idea is to spread a bit of basketball knowledge. Hopefully we've got a good pack, because the first pack of five we cracked two weeks ago, solid, absolute lock. Great yeah, pack. Yeah, had It could have had four players that I've never heard of other than him, but yeah. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, last week's pack, though. Ooh. I literally couldn't tell you one player in it, even the one I spoke about. Brooke Lopez, was that, he was in it. Was, was that LaMarcus Aldridge? Was that that week? That was him. Oh, that was oh him. there you go. I there can you tell go. you one player. There you go, and I told you another. No idea who the other ones are. <laughs> They're around here somewhere. No, no idea where they, or who they are, though. All right. I think we might have had these before, actually. Uh, first card, in a Toronto Raptors jersey. Oh, OG Ananobi. Yes, I believe that might have been last week. Yes. I remember trying to help you with that. Oh, one. hello. And then we've got 76's Josh Richardson. Ooh. Then, oh, we have Utah Jazz. Mark. Uh, start again. I wasn't finished. No. No, no. You need to start again. No, no, I'm fine. Let me finish. Mike. Rep- Placement All-Star Conley. Just to clarify, is he a current or past All-Star? Well, it's in the past, mate. Has there been an All-Star team named without him on it since? It's in the past. Current All-Star Mike Conley. (laughs) My guy. This is going to be a tough week for me to choose. Uh, It's about to get easier. Uh, (laughs) Tyler Hero in a Miami Heat jersey. And then... Ah, uh, Rue Hachimura. Oh, not a bad pack, Mel. 
Not a bad. Uh, I'd say, uh, look, I'd probably say middle of the road. They're all solid players mm. and an all-star. How good. Yeah, they're all solid players. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, all solid players. All-star. <laughs> yeah. All right. Replacement all-star. So over the next hour, as we do the show, we're each going to select a card. Uh, hopefully Mel doesn't pick all the all-star cards and leaves one for me. But we'll see how we go. I didn't think we had any proper all-stars in here, but anyway. <laughs> My jersey at home suggests otherwise. What we will do is pick a card and we'll talk about why we've chosen that card later on in the show. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Time to do that deep dive on the Southeast Division off-season. All right, so... Let's have a, head over to Atlanta first. What have they been doing so far, Dan? So the Hawks, very strong season last season. Mm. They, Everyone thought that's a team that can do well and the roster's fairly solid. Didn't expect them to be up in that 4-5 spot, make some noise and, and just creep their way all the way through to within a couple games of the NBA Finals. Mm. This team really showed up. They've got a strong core. And they had two of their better young players out, like DeAndre Hunter, who arguably their best wing player, uh, missed that playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cam Reddish also missed most of the, the playoffs as well. And he actually looked really good when he came came back and got, you know, injected into the lineup. So they didn't need to make a lot of changes here, but they still added more depth. So we look at the draft. They got Jalen Johnson out of Duke and Sharif Cooper, who both way, way, way outperformed their draft position during the summer league. Mm. They looked really good. And... They were both sleeper picks for us, uh, funnily enough. So, you know, maybe we know a little bit of what we're talking about sometimes. Or we just get incredibly lucky. Uh, No. Yeah, sometimes you do. (laughs) But so they've got two more good young players added to the core. And then they've gone and also put in two more veteran players in Gorgie Deng, Stretch 5. Mm-hmm. You know, he's loved everywhere he goes. And DeLon Wright, who is definitely a two-way point guard, can defend well, can initiate offense, can score a little bit. Not really a dead-eye shooter, but he can score a little bit. And almost just as importantly, they re-signed Clint Capella, their starting center, who evidently was one of the best centers in the NBA last season, no matter what anyone says. Mm. So... We're looking. I was looking at the the contracts for Atlanta moving forward. This core that they've got, this core that outperformed all expectations last season, they're together for the next minimum three years. So, we in past episodes of looking at off seasons, we've said, oh, you know, we've got all these good young players, but they're going to have to pay them, and then people are going to leave, and this and that. Mm. This is a team who's. Jumping on an opportunity when they can. Yes, 
it is highly likely they won't be able to retain all these players for the next five, six, seven, eight years. However, this team just made the conference finals. Yeah. And they just got better, and they are now intact for the next three years at least. When most people were kind of expecting them to have a bit of a tussle with the Hawks. Uh, sorry, not the Hawks, <laughs> with, the, with the Knicks. Mm. You know, maybe get past them, but you know that was their ceiling. And yep, nope. I went way past expectation. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's I don't know any personally. There are some out there, but it's exciting times for Hawks fans, and I'm sure mm. everyone's going to start seeing on their feed a few people start popping up of, oh yeah, Hawks. I've been a fan of them forever, you know. Mm. Where's the proof? <laughs> but yeah, Trey Young leaning into this whole MSG villain thing. He appeared on. WWE SmackDown <laughs> in MSG and uh, got he helped a guy wearing a Knicks jersey. I don't know all the wrestlers' names anymore, but the wrestler that he helped was wearing a Knicks jersey, and then Trey Young got they said ejected from interfering with the match, and he mm. left arm in arm with this guy wearing a Knicks jersey. I'm sure there's more to the story, like guy wearing the Knicks jersey was probably just pretending to like the Knicks or something. I don't know. But. Yeah, I haven't watched much wrestling. And when I did, I was in high school. And it just... Oh, as soon as it went PG, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> no blood, no like thumbtack sticking out of Undertaker. Yeah, and glass Manton. shards and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like No th- beer chugging th- rattlesnakes. <laughs> no one hit Trey Young um, with over the head with a chair. So no. like, did he even wrestle? No. Sorry. Mind you, his new kick's coming out soon. Woo-wee. Get me on that list. I'll be copping a pair of those for sure. That doesn't sound like you all over a fresh release. Oh, yeah. Got to start sometime, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't checked him out, oh, go go have a look. Um, so Atlanta Mail. <laughs> this is actually going to... I feel like it's going to make us sound all negative Nelly here, but we we have done this for every team. Better or worse result this season than last season? Uh, look, I think they're going to do slightly worse. I still have mm. them in the playoffs. I think it'll be a potentially a year of growing pains. Um, it'll be so hard to tip them to go to the conference finals again. It will. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go back, um, not this, not this, not this season coming, but the following season or the season after, because as you say, they've got three years with the core of this group, and the core of this group got all that way in the playoffs this um, previous season with just what appeared to most people be out of the blue. So. They're going to have a weight of expectation on them. Mm-hmm. Can they? Can they support? Traditionally, you know, no. Younger teams then take a take a year. You know, they settle back, and then they reload and go again. So for mine, I think they're going to drop a bit lower. Uh, definitely still make the playoffs. I think comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably say oh, probably around the five six. Sixth position uh, on the regular season ladder. And then, uh, yeah, from there, probably one cog back from the uh, conf- conference finals mm-hmm. is where I have them. I, I just see, while I see a lot of talent, 
Um, you know, I just see them taking a, taking a slight step back, but that I'm sure will only give them fuel moving forward after that. So, let me ask you a quick fire question here: Yes or no? Yep. Wins over under forty one. Or over. Over forty one is how many they had last season. So, yeah, I'd say over. All right. Orlando Magic probably won't spend too much time on these guys. Not not because they're not, you know, one of the best teams, but we have actually inadvertently spoken about them quite quite a bit in the recent weeks. Uh, you know, I've been harping on about Jalen Suggs forever. We actually dis- <laughs> we discussed Robin Lopez going back there. Mm-hmm. Oh, not going back, but going to Orlando. Yep. Uh, who else? Oh, in a card pack, I believe I spoke about Jonathan Isaac, my fantasy darling. <laughs> you know, he's like a new signing for them this year, coming back, that wing. You know, he's got so much potential if he can put it all together and stay healthy. What I did want to talk about with Orlando, though, is their guard rotation. Mm. Faults. Uh, Suggs. I have a couple of faults, yeah. <laughs> faults, Suggs. Carter Williams, RJ Hampton. Can you use all four of those? Oh, and um, Cole Anthony, sorry. There's five <laughs> pretty good guards out there. Can this five-man rotation work? Are they going to have to move some? What are your thoughts before I provide my own? Uh, yeah, they'll have to move some. Who's your starting backcourt at the start of the season? Start of the season? Game one, who opening night, who's starting in their backcourt? Uh, whoever's playing the best. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'd say probably uh Fultz if he's he- Fultz if he's healthy. Um Fultz and Suggs? Or do you think they're going to ease Suggs in a little bit? I think, I think Orlando is going to ease Suggs in because they've, you know, they're in the, the throes of a mini rebuild, and I think they have him more of as, as a long term, and they want to ease him in. Um, yeah, uh, I, I just can't see them blooding him that early. You know, you know me when I get feelings about things, they're often wrong. So, I'm so high on this kid. Anyone who's listened knows. Yep. I don't think starting him is throwing him into the fire because he's not. He's not a player that's going to try and do everything. You know, like a Russell Westbrook. He's not going to go out and try and do that. Mm-hmm. He's more conservative. He's intelligent. He's so clever and methodical with what he does on the court, and he's achieved success at every level. I think, I believe he can go straight into this lineup and it might even be better for him to play with those better players around him rather than trying to come in with the bench unit and and make things work with them. But where I think Orlando's... You wouldn't just give him five minutes on the bench and then say, look, five-minute mark, you're going in. I just want you to get a feel for the game. I don't think his game suits being a six-man he, I don't think he's a plug-and-play scorer. Uh, you know, you're more going to get that from uh, a, a guy I'm about to talk about, someone who I think they should invest heavily in. Mm-hmm. 
And that's Mr. RJ Hampton. I think, sorry, again, I believe RJ Hampton is going to be a very solid player in the NBA for a long time. And he's that little package they've got sitting there that hasn't quite been given the run yet. But once he's unleashed, I think he could be quite a dynamic guard straight off the bench there. And um, we've seen Cole Anthony, he can he can just get buckets. So I think he might be uh, free to work off the bench. And it might be Carter Williams that sees himself toddle out the door. Traded. Yeah. I mean, Fultz and Suggs will have to work out how to play together. Mm. Or Fultz will be in a new home as well. Yep. But I, I think I think they could work. I think they could work together. So, Orlando, Mel, do you want to guess how many wins they had last season? Oh, was it in the 20s? 21. Oh, that's high for them. Higher or lower this year? <laughs> oh. So, you sh- are you going to back yourself and say lower then? Because <laughs> I smell a chicken bed coming on. <laughs> oh, look, it's been a while since we had a chicken bed. Do we really want to do one over the Orlando Magic? That's going to take oh, what? Oh, jeez. It's not quite a year till payoff. But I reckon I reckon we save our chicken bet for our awards prediction show right before the season starts. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I've got okay. a few ideas. We'll, we'll chat off wax. All right. Uh, but Orlando, over under 21 wins. Look, heard it here first. Under. Oof, ouch. Yeah. yeah. I've got him in mid-20s, so I'll go over, but not by much. Yeah. I I just have this feeling they'll cop, you know, cop a few big L's early and then front office will be like, uh, <laughs> and after a little while they just shut them down towns and yeah. But, you know. I've been wrong before. It's all good. Many times. Once. <laughs> the, uh, Twice. the next team. This is uh, yes. my pick for must-watch League Pass team of the year. They also have the most fun commentator in the whole entire league. This is the Charlotte Hornets. So, as I just mentioned... If you subscribe to League Pass or if you have KO, make sure the few times that they're on KO in the year, you check out this Hornets team. My goodness, there is so much fun to be had here. You got LaMelo Ball, you got Ubre Jr., um, you've got uh, Bridges. I just think, oh, like there's so much going on here. Gordon Hayward. Mm. This is an exciting team. Even down to their rookie, James Booknight, who, if he puts it together in year one, could be a little surprise package. I'm not predicting he's going to shock the world, but he could be a productive player straight away for them as well. So Still got Scary Terry too. Scary Terry's still Terry kicking Rozier. it. However, they lost Devontae Graham yes. and they lost Malik Monk. They let Malik Monk walk. They got nothing for him. Mm. He signed... Essentially, a nothing contract for the Lakers. That was a big L for Charlotte. 
I mean, if even if it wasn't working, work out a sign and trade. Do something. Yeah. He's a talented young scorer. And you just let him walk away for nothing. This yeah. front office has done a great job, but this was a bit of a doozy for me. A doozy. Heard it here first. Yeah. Well, you know, a few questions around this team. Like, you know, Lamelo. he was exciting. He, he was very solid last season. Mm. Can he take that next step? Gordon Hayward, you know, he was in that all-star-ish region before mm. he got hurt. But once again... Classic he got hurt. Yep. So can he stay healthy? And most importantly, your guy, Mel, which Kelly Oubre are they getting? <laughs> are they getting Washington Phoenix Oubre? Yeah. Or are they getting Golden State Oubre? Who are they getting? Well, that's the problem. And it makes such a big difference to the Hornets' chances this year. Um, you know. The Warriors experiment didn't work out. It it didn't um, didn't work out also good for the Warriors or for Ubre, frankly. Um, he was off, you know, coming off a big high, went there and yeah, just really, really vanilla. Mm. Like there was very, very little pop, very little sizzle um, throughout his time there. So look. He can definitely show more than what he's shown um, in a Warriors jersey, but now's the time. I mean, he he really needs to show out uh, this season, otherwise he'll look could potentially see himself in a you know Dennis Schroeder style situation where he's playing before too long, uh, playing on a very small contract, you know, trying to show his worth. Um, he he's really got to fire again, really quickly, um, for mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he'll. I think he will be better than the Warriors one that we saw, though. I think he will be better. I don't believe. I think yes. on that one. Well, I I really like his game. I've always have. I don't necessarily like the fit here, though. I mean, he's a guy who likes to slash to the hoop, uber athletic, not a very good shooter. And he's now coming to a team where you've got uh, Miles Bridges in that dunker spot. You've got PJ Washington in a similar role. Your center is going to be Mason Plumley, most likely, who's not necessarily a knockdown shooter. And you've got LaMelo Ball, who loves running pick and roll, driving to the hoop. I just don't see where Oubre fits into that unless he's going to come off the bench because he's just going to cramp the court for people like LaMelo. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how he's used. Mm. You know, he might come out and shoot a good clip from three, but, you know, I'll, I'll have to see that to believe it. Yeah, well, he doesn't have a... You know, on this team, he doesn't have a Steph Curry. Doesn't have that go-to three-point shooter who's you know first, second, and third option like they like he was for the Warriors last year. So, you know, 
maybe he steps into that role, but that's traditionally not his game at all. So, yeah, look, I think he will get better, but like I said, I don't, I don't have belief. We're certainly not betting chicken on it. All right, well, the important questions here. This was a team before Gordon Hayward and then LaMelo Ball went down. This was a team charging towards the playoffs. They were mm. in four, five, six position. They ended up in 10th on 33 wins. So, now two-part question. Over under 33? And yes or no? Oh, sorry. Will they make the playoffs or will they be in the play-in tournament? Uh, I'm going to go over on 33 and I am going to... I'm going to say so if you pick seven them or eight. F- yeah, so they'll be in the play-in. So we'll be in the play-in, yeah. All right. Yep. Fair. Okay. Cool. The Washington Wizards. The Wiz. They have been busy little bodies, haven't they? I've kind of had to be. <laughs> so one player goes out. Or one main player goes out. Mm. In comes Contavious Coldwell Pope. Cole Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrez Harrell, as well as drafting Kispert and Todd. They've completely reshaped this roster. They've taken one superstar out. I don't care what anyone says. Russ is a superstar. Yeah. They've taken a superstar out and they've inserted a core of role players. No stars. Mm. A core of role players. The best player they've brought in is coming off an ACL injury. That's Dinwiddie. You know, that's probably the second best player they've brought in has question marks around if he's actually good or not. Cole Kuzma. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And then, I mean... Some question marks. KCP and Montrez Harrell, like, we know what Trez is capable of, but he had a real down season with the Lakers, so he's... He's also in a contract year. Mm. So that's for fantasy owners out there. He's probably going to be starting on this team. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'd monitor that situation with Thomas Bryant. But he Trez is in a contract season. So get on him if you can. Uh, but are these changes going to be enough to propel the Wizards to any sort of position where Brad Beal looks around and says, you know what? I am so happy I stayed here. Ah, no. Or is he going to be just like the house burning down around him saying, this is fine? Yeah, 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 no. I I don't – I'm not seeing it. Um, I'm not convinced, you know, Coos is as good as Coos thinks. I think. I also don't think he's as bad as what everyone not Kuzma thinks. Uh, no, he. Ma- I. I don't think he's Somewhere actually <laughs> Shanghai Sharks level, like all yeah. the memes would necessarily suggest. Although I'd love that they suggest it. <laughs> he's, he's a solid player. He's not a star, and he's not garbage. He's a solid player. I did actually like some of the comments that I've seen. Um, from him around that whole, you know, it's hard to be consistent in an inconsistent position at the Lakers and this, that, and that. I get that. Um, it's also the NBA and that's, 
you know, that that's the role you're in. If that's your role, then that's what you've got to be. You're you on know. a team with LeBron James. Do mm. not expect everything to be status quo if you're not winning no. championships. No, no, no. It's just, it is what it is. Yep. And, you know, as you say, that it, that it literally is what it is. You know, whether you believe it in the whole super team era or not, or even if there is a super team era, because you're not going to tell me that there was one single superstar who ever won a championship with no one else around him. Nah, Iverson got super close, but nah. Yeah. Nah. Couldn't I would it. say that's the closest. Yeah, but he still had four other guys. Yes, they weren't <laughs> chop. But there oh, were Mal? four other. Name them. I said there were four other guys. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> uh, they were not superstars, and they never put anything around him. And that. Well, a- uh, actually, LeBron was close as well with his first time in Cleveland, when his other starters were like Booby Gibson and Ilgowskis. <laughs> so I, maybe you could argue Dwayne Wade, but he had Shaq. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but anyway, back to Coos. Um, yeah, as you say, I think he'll he'll have that more consistent role. They'll be really hoping mm. that he is as good as he thinks he is. He may well be. I don't believe it. He's not trash. No, but he's not. Uh, I can't see that. I'd be happy to be proven wrong, but I'm just not seeing it, Coos. Sorry, buddy. You heard it here first, everybody. Mel is about to tell you all if Brad Beal is going to finish the season in a Wizards jersey. Finish the season. Oh, so you're suggesting one of two. Not opening night. Just will he end the season as a Washington Wizard? So will he? Basically, there's two main scenarios there where either he storms into the GM's office and says, get me out of here. Or he storms into the GM's office and they, or there's sort of enough to make the GM think, you know what, you're not staying. I need to get everything I can from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with no, he won't be there by the end of the season. Okay. Because there are already, and this is not a hot take, but there are already. So many teams who've out there interested and have been making trade offers mm-hmm. already. So I am suggesting that they have a not so great start to the season. And you know, Washington office is like, all right, well, you know, phone's plugged in. If it rings, I'm gonna listen. Ooh, that sounds good. Keep talking. Keep talking. Ooh. Ooh, look around. Ooh, Coos isn't actually as good as he thought he is. All right, we need something else. So mm-hmm. Maybe they go, you know. I'm just going to say yes. All right. going to say yes. As we sit here, before preseason has actually started. <laughs> uh, okay. What are your thoughts? My thoughts on Brad Beal. Yeah. I, I do agree with you. It sort of comes down to the next question I was going to ask you on, okay. on the over-under for the, the season, but you've already touched on it. If they have a bad start to the season, if if things are starting to look down, you know, we already had the images last season of Brad Beal disengaged. 
standing off to the side while everyone else was in a huddle, sitting at the end of the bench with no one around him, just looking like, why am I here? You know, and look, I, I did lose a chicken bet. Not not to you. It was someone else on the Wizards season. They did make their way into the playoffs. They did. I, <laughs> Russell Westbrook was 80% of the reason they got there. <laughs> Maybe more. Yep. But he go. He's not there. No. He saved Brad Beal. I mean, yep, Beal got buckets, but Russ put that team on his back and dragged them kicking and screaming to a first-round exit. I really think if if in the first 20 games, if they're under 500, he's got to be in that GM's office. And look, I'm not a big advocate for like players just throwing, you know, having a dummy spit and wanting out, but he's been there a long time and they have sucked for a long time. Uh-huh. And at some point it's like, well, you know, I just had a superstar teammate and you got rid of him. Yep. And before that, I had a superstar teammate and he got hurt and then you got rid of him. And it's like, and now I'm surrounded by role players. So, I, yeah. If if, if they have a rough start, I think he's asking serious questions and we may not see him there. If they're on track to, you know, get into this playing tournament again... Might be enough to convince him to stay. Uh, they seem to love, I wouldn't even call it mediocrity. It's just try and crawl your way towards the playoffs, and that's good enough. They all seem to be happy with that. But It's Wizards basketball, baby. <sighs> yeah, I just hope for better for Beal. So is that a yes or a no? There's a lot of I thinks. and It's, yeah, it's my old classic, I'm going to give both answers contextually. and. Yep, that wasn't my question. Is I'm going to yes say no. Is he there at the end of I'm the gonna season? Say, I'm going to say yes. Oh. And he will be traded next offseason <laughs> when he says enough's enough. All right. So we, neither of us have faith that Beal stays beyond. Yeah, I just wanted to have a slightly different answer to you. Last but not least, let's take our talents to South Beach, Mal. And let's do it. Let's do it. Miami. This analysis I've been looking forward to a little bit because there's been a lot of hype made about this Miami Heat offseason. And if you, like, really look at it and break it down, how much better did they actually get? Because everyone's just losing their minds over this team. So they've brought in Cole Lowry at point guard, Mm Mark Heath Morris, The other one. And PJ Tucker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, So, good additions. To be fair, if your rules apply, NBA champion, PJ Tucker. <laughs> oh, mate, that's in the past, according to your rules. Yeah, according to yours, though, he's, you know, still dangling the ring. Like, probably hasn't got the ring, actually. No, they they do that opening night. Or they mm. Oh, he'll get his the first time they yeah. travel there. Mm-hmm. Uh but here's the players they've lost. Yeah. Precious Achua, mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza, mm-hmm. Goran Dragic, mm-hmm. Iguodala, mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn. Mm-hmm. My question, straight off the bat, mm-hmm. did they actually get better? Uh, well, they've lost 
five, they've gained three. So from a pure numbers point of view, no. That's some grizzly stuff. I like to yeah. see it. <laughs> no, no. We'd, do, we'd be They didn't trade five. three guys <laughs> and get 12, mate. Like, uh, yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I like Larry, but he's not. You know, he's not three or four seasons ago, Larry. He's an upgrade over Jarjic, though. Don't get me wrong. Hey, I'm yep. not trying to attack Kyle Lowry here. He yep. is an upgrade at yep. both ends of the floor. No doubt. I'll take that. He's also got playoff experience. If, if you know, if, if these guys can go that deep again, you know, solid head on his shoulders um, in those situations. Markeith Morris. It's like... Yeah. I get it. Like he's he's a good role player. Yeah. I don't think he tips the needle. Like you Ooh. don't go, oh my lord, they just got Markeith Morris. It's over. What they do get with Markeith Morris though is if they go to the playoffs and the other one, Marcus. Mm. Yep. If if Marcus is his team's done, and if there is an injury, bam, instantly. Yeah, well, his team's got to try and make the playoffs without Kawhi, but that's another topic yeah. for another pod. Yeah. And then you get an, you know, another year older PJ Tucker. Um, Shoe game, immaculate. Might he is, be. He is the absolute king of kicks. Yeah, that ain't gonna win you a game. Correct. He's also the absolute king of whinging on the finals floor. Mm. But mm. you know. It wasn't all whinging. It felt like there was a lot of whinging moments in those finals, but it wasn't all whinging, and some of it was very good day. Um, yeah. Well, so this team's going to be so good defensively, mm. so good. You have to score. You have to score at the other end. That that's the thing that has to happen. Uh, yeah, especially if you're going to want to get past the nets. It's it's all good to say. Oh, Makayev Morris, PJ Tucker, they're bringing all this defense. They ain't scoring buckets. They're not. You're not going to them and saying, take me there. Mm. You're depending on Jimmy Butler to do that. You're depending on uh, Tyler Hero to find his form again because he was not very good last season. Oh, rather vanilla. You're, rather vanilla. You're crossing your fingers and praying that Victor Oladipo finds a shadow of himself mm. that he didn't last season. Mm. There's so many ifs. If, if, if. Don't get me wrong, Mal. If this team puts it all together, they'll be there at the end. They're going to be competing for that East Championship. But this can go so horribly wrong so very quick. The age of these players, the injury histories, the how tough they're going to be having to play for this team. There's so much that can go wrong as well. There is, and things really didn't go right at the end of last year for Miami either. You know, there's there's going to be a little bit of a hangover there, even though they've lost. You know, shooting out five, bringing in a new. You know, they'll they'll replace the others, but you know. Things really didn't end well. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I can't say they've got some names. Like, they're all good, solid, professional, you know, talented players. But 
Lowry's not at the top of his at the to, you know at the peak of his powers. Markeith Morris eh, getting a bit older, but still solid. PJ Tucker definitely not at the peak of his powers. You know, so have they gotten better? Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. There's no. I would say there's no wow on the page. Like it doesn't. Oh. I think their ceiling has gone up, but I think their floor has gone down. If that makes sense. So, yeah. so there's a at, bigger... at their best, this team maybe is better, but they've also got potential to be worse than what they were mm. if things don't go right. Whereas the team they had would probably sit in the middle somewhere. You know, whether they have a good or bad season. I mean, they've lost some depth here, some serious depth. And they're just hoping other players can, you know, fill those gaps for them. So we will see. The important question for you, Mel. Hit me. They finished sixth. Or playing. So just out of the plan. So. I know, big... as in that's where I'm suggesting they're going okay, to. Okay, all right. So you, you're going to put them in the play-in. Uh-huh. Okay. That's that's brave. Yep. I, I've still got them in that 5-6 range, but I, I'm not losing my mind like everyone else saying they're, you know, top 3-4. I, I think 5-6 seems about right. And if they do better, I've covered myself. <laughs> saying I'm not going to be shocked. But I, I do have them around that range again. Um, in saying that, come playoff time, that is the last team you want to see. Mm. They're like they're grit and grind grizzlies. It's like, are we going to lose to them? Probably not. Are they going to suck the life out of our team? Absolutely. Oh, they'll be a tough out. Like, that's going to be very tough, very physical. They would bump and grind you in a seven-game series. <sighs> it, it'll, yeah, you do not want to see them in the playoffs. Regardless of how their regular season goes, even if they end up in the play-in and they scrape through, if you're that first or second seed and you draw Miami in round one, you're gonna be like, "What did I do to deserve this?" Because <laughs> they will be a tough out. But that um, that wraps up our Southeast Division, the off-season out there, Mal. That's all of the Eastern Conference done and dusted. We'll start making our way out west. Next week. Go west. Mm. So that'll be good fun. We'll see what's going on out in that tough Western conference. Yeah, traditionally, traditionally, almost, feels like almost forever now that just has that slight edge on being the stronger conference. So, mm. Mm. yeah, the East had the 90s and the West has had ever since. Since, yep. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. All right, it's time to come up back home to the League with Love, where they play that sweet, sweet D. Not right now, but they will again soonish. Yeah, soonish. We're getting there. Yeah. Slow burn. Slow burn. But let's come back, first of all, to that team we love the Brisbane Bullets. How are they doing this offseason, Dan? Very slow to start with. I Ooh. was quite concerned because... Glacial slow start, wasn't it? All players were going here, there, and everywhere, mainly Tasmania. And the Bullets were just sitting or there. Adelaide, it seemed. Sitting there. Sitting there. 
And I was like, oh no, what's what's going on? Are, are we not signing anyone? Is it going to be Sobi and Kadi versus the league? What's what's going on? But an absolute flurry of signings as of the last few weeks. So we we had Isaiah Moss coming in, new import, friend of the show. Yep. You can listen to our interview with him um, on our page. Yep. It's in the feed there on Spotify or Apple. Yeah. Um, search Isaiah Moss. It'll also come up. Yes, correct. We've also got Robert Franks, the big man, coming in. So this is a big signing, obviously. <laughs> so looking forward to seeing what Franks can do for us. You know, probably a bit of versatility at that big man spot. Can play a bit of four, a bit of five. Dare I say Vic Lorish, but slightly different skill set. But yeah. in the way that Vic could switch four and five, Franks can too. Not sure Franks can play a bit of three like Law could. Um, but, you know, we definitely needed some help in the middle there. Big Jack Salt coming over from NZ. We saw him lining up a couple times for the Northside Wizards here in the NBL 1 North. More ver- Not as much versatility at the center spot. He's a center. He, yep. He's a big lad. We had uh, Kadi on the show talking about how hard Jack hits on screens and, and looking forward to that. So, mm. you know... I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing Salty out there doing just that, creating that space for Kadi and Sobi and, and Moss just so they can get their buckets a little bit easier. We've got Dang Dang coming in as well. As So nice they named it twice. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce it. I've never met him, so I'm not sure. But I'm going to go with Tayane Samuel coming over from New Zealand as that well. That sounded smooth. That sounded smooth. Tayane, it it sounded like it, it could be a name. So let's yes. let's go with that until we know better. So he's coming in as a development player from New Zealand. Looking forward to seeing what he brings to the team. Mm. Looks like a pretty solid young lad. Can get to the hoop, throw down some dunks. So I like that. Um, I'll get to two more signings in a minute. But a couple of notes I had written down prior was Wigness, Tyrell Harrison, and Tanner Krebs. Can they all, if not one or two of them, take that next step? And what I mean by that is, can they produce a larger role than what they've done in the past? We saw this with Will Magnay a few years ago, who was in a very similar position to Tyrell Harrison, sort of got thrust into the spotlight there, showed some flashes, and then came back the next season and was Will Magnay. He was a beast. Mm. And Tyrell Harrison, I think he's got that exact same opportunity this year. And can he take that leap into a solid starting big man in the league? We will see. Tanner, we will. Tanner <coughs> Krebs, for whatever reason, just couldn't get court time. We've seen him in NBL 1 North up here for, for Rip City. Did he, not have a problem with court time. He is a walking bucket. Mm. I mean, just put him out there. And he's going to do something productive for you. So, be interesting to see if he can get some run. The only sort of mark I would say against Tanner Crab were he would go cold at times. Mm. He, he could have some quarters or even, I think, uh, of all the games I saw, I think a, about a half of basketball um, was as, as cold as he ever got. He 
didn't go two game, you know, entire games where it was cold. Literally just, you know, a couple of quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, he he could go cold, but you know, I, I think he can shake that off with a bit more development and experience uh, as well. Um, Wigness, for me, I think Wigness needs to develop that that jumper. Mm. Get some range on it. Like he has got very fast hands. He can in broken play, very hard to stop, mm-hmm. very hard to stop because he can ju- just slices through defenders. We showed that last year in a bullets jersey, but you know if he's going to get command more court time for mind, he's he's going to need to develop that that shot. Yep, I agree. With one thing I wrote down, and this was two weeks ago when we were going to do this podcast. <laughs> I suggested that the Bullets are perhaps another big away from having enough depth at that spot. And a couple of days later, they sign, and again, I'm, I'm not good at pronunciations here, but the... Pronunciations, but yes. Yes, we signed <laughs> um, centre, is it Wanjing Lu? Is that how you'd pronounce it, Mel? Oh, I'd have to see the spelling. I'd have to see the spelling. Uh, I'm going to say Chang Sing Lu or <laughs> Chang Sing Liao. Okay, so I was maybe close, maybe far away. We'll- yeah. That To be fair, that is with, you know, yes, I've been to China a few times. I am not a fluent speaker. <laughs> <laughs> but I did say we need a big. This yes. kid is seven foot five. Yes. He is big. He's big. <laughs> He's ready to go. I. Uh, Look, I don't think he's going to dominate court time, but it's definitely an option. It's a big option. <laughs> so it is. It is. Um, look, hopefully it works out better for the Bullets than uh, Taco Four for the Celtics. Oh, he's listed at seven foot five, hundred and thirty kilos. Yeah, like a monster. If, if Jack Salt can hit hard screens, <laughs> I imagine that. Lou is going to hit hard screens. He's got about oh, six inches, seven inches on salt and 20 kilos. So he's a big boy. Yes, he is. Um, he but is. we've also recently brought in another development, or it's a next star, Tom Digbo, who's a six foot five, 19 year old wing player coming over from Spain, Ooh. of all places. So, Espanol. Yeah, next star in Brisbane. It's going to be pretty exciting stuff. He seems quite athletic, pretty slight frame. Like he might need to get a little bit stronger in this year that he's over here, but, you know, that didn't really hold LaMelo Ball back at all. So it's not to say that Digbo can't sort of adapt his game to what he needs it to be and go from there. I mean, at the end of the day... He's he's nineteen. Like, yeah, he's he's he is a kid, so he, he hasn't got a fully developed body yet. hasn't had years of weight training um, at a professional level, and it'll be interesting to see what the skills he brings over. I mean, the Europeans, their shots are generally so smooth. Mm. Their handles, their fundamentals, little things that I appreciate, like boxing out, like. Yes. They use free throws, Mel. I know you love them. Yes. The Euros usually have these things down pat. Yes, and they're also used to playing against some 
pretty solid defense. Hundred mm, percent. You know they're used to that FIBA defense. Mm. Um, you know where if you're going to get a foul, you're typically going to earn a foul. Mm-hmm. You know, not on a rip through or something. You know, just a weird body movement. Like, unfortunately, there is in the NBA. But anyway. We've got a new, new coach, James Duncan, coming in. Who, new coach, yes. You know, we, we've spoken ourselves on the show as well as with a couple of guests that perhaps what let the Bullets down most last season was their defense. And Coach Duncan, first interview, first thing he's been saying in the media is defense needs to improve. If you want to be on the court for my team, you'll be playing defense. Love it. And that's just... Sorry, I I don't mean to put words in his mouth. That's paraphrasing. That's not his exact words, but essentially that's what he's. I I've interpreted what he's saying is this is going to be a defensive team. We need to get it done at both ends this season. So I love what he's bringing to the team with that, and he's absolutely right. Like you look at some of the names and abilities of these players, they're going to get buckets. Scoring's not going to be an issue. If anything, there'll be too many people wanting to score, but. Mm. It's can we get the stops at the other end this season? Look, it definitely will be interesting. Um, as you said earlier, I have a lot more faith in the Bullets' upcoming season mm. than I did two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I want to say. Like two, two, three weeks ago, things were not – I wasn't filled with optimism, let's say. Now – I'm like, oh, okay. We, you know, we've made some moves. Mm. Um, you know, and yes, of course, uh, we have lost an assistant coach. Yep. But uh, you know, in in CJ, um, but you know, you've got a new coach coming in, so be a new system. We'll see. We'll just have to see how everything fits together, because as we know. Chemistry in basketball, it's actually pretty important. And how this talented group actually fits together on the basketball court will be incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think we've got something here. Definitely. It's definitely enough to compete. Yeah. Um, better than last year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Yeah. Yeah, I've I've got confidence. And I haven't necessarily had that you know, rock solid and firm every every single preseason or you know, off season leading into a season with the bullets um since their return. But this season optimism. Mm-hmm. Optimism, definite optimism. Cool. I I agree with you, Mel. I think yeah. It was sort of worry stations a few weeks ago. Oh, yes. But looking up, looking up. I'm actually genuinely pumped to see how the Bullets go this season now. And they just released as well. uh, Shout out to the Bullets. um, Their pricings on tickets and Mm. um, uh, memberships as well. So they've all been released today. So. Get out there if you're looking for a season pass or even a four-game or a few-game pass. Get out there. Get some stuff booked. Get around it. Let's um, 
Let's jump over the ditch real quick. Talk about those breakers. Oi. Oi. A couple of things going on, like some big losses. Mm. Um, Corey Webster, gone. Yep. Big loss. Been a Mm. go-to scorer for them for quite a while now. Yes. Levi Randolph, who they brought over from the the G League. Another big loss. Mm. And Colton Iverson. Rebound machine. An actual big loss. Mm. Mm. So, it's... They've done all right replacing these players, but they've lost some talent there. Yeah, from memory, Colton Iverson, I think, had back-to-back, like, 20 rebounds or something massive. He was killing it. He had some flatter ones too, but there were some monster rebound games. That was a monster. Do you know who they do have? Who they got? They have a Brizzy Willie, so they're going to be oh. all right. So Will McDowell-White returning to the Breakers this season, be heading back over after his season here in NBL 1 North. Mm-hmm. They're a bit stacked at that guard spot, though. Um, you know, with McDowell-White, Ty Webster, um, Peyton Seaver, who I haven't even mentioned yet, but he's come across from America. He was drafted by the Pistons. He's got some NBA experience. He knows what he's doing. Um, there's a lot of guards here. so And they're, and they're talented. So they're all going to want court time. Um, and it, it's it'll be you know, who's going to perform the best. How do they fit together? Who could be on the court at the same time? For me personally, I'd probably have... McDowell, White, and Seaver starting and have Ty Webster as your, your microwave off the bench, personally. But I'm not the Breakers coach, so that's purely my opinion. No, and another thing for the Breakers as well is, as it currently stands, um, I well, obviously we don't have you know basketball down south at the moment, Um but as it currently stands, I don't think we're able to go across the ditch at the minute mm. from most from most states, if if at all. So, will that then, if that continues for how, like, you know, will the breakers then have to come back over, do mm-hmm. some quarantine, and you know, do a little bubble team again style situation, which. Whew, that's going to be tough for those players who are lining up to do that with their, you know, without, with and without their families for another season. Yikes, that, mm. that's going to have a toll if if that uh, if that goes ahead. So, hopefully for their sakes that doesn't, and all that gets sorted, and we can open up the borders and just head back to more of a traditional, you know, New Zealand, New Zealand games. Where they go, we you know, mm-hmm. mainland teams go. They come over and it's all good and happy and basketball's lovely again. They did bring out the breakers are bringing over a next star though, which is pretty exciting. Six foot seven forward Usman Deng. So Dang. yeah, I'm. You know, I've tried to see little bits of clips and and this and that. I'm not claiming to have watched. An 18-year-old play French basketball. It's purely just YouTube stuff, but he's got some stuff. He's got some skills. I think he can fit in well on the wing for this team and provide them with a bit of length at that position, 
but also an outlet for McDowell White. I mean, we all know his game is to manipulate defenses, work those pick and rolls, get into the keyway. And Deng's got that ability from what I've seen to stroke the ball, but also to play that dunker slot as well and get to the hoop. So, you know, Breakers didn't have a great season last season, but they've got some stuff to, to watch this year. Uh, I'm not convinced they're going to be heaps, if any, better than last year. I think they'll be a little bit better, but the whole league's getting so much tougher. So even if the Breakers team is better, so is everyone else. And, you know, with so, we've only so many teams in the league. It's so hard to climb up that ladder each year. Yes, yes. And our finals are only – we only take the top four. Mm. And that's uh, top four is tough, and there's you know there's obviously no play in there's no there's no extra spots. We have a smaller league, and that that's life. But yeah, top four is tough. You've got to be you've got to be strong mm. and consistent throughout the year. Um, you know, to give yourself the best opportunity. Late runs, they're tough. There's always a team that makes one, but it doesn't always end up in the finals. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I can see the Breakers not making it again this year. All right, head here first. That's that's a wrap on our NBL off season for the week. We're slowly rattling off all the teams around the league. A couple more to go, so we'll be back on that next week. But let, let's we've come home to Australia, Mal. Let's let's come all the way home to Queensland specifically. Oh. The NBL One North Grand Final Series occurred over the weekend. Let's head to the women's championship first. We had Logan Thunder up against the Southern District Spartans, the undefeated Southern District Spartans. Yes, and as we talked about right from the jump last week, it can be very difficult. It's incredibly difficult. It's very rare for a team to go through completely undefeated mm-hmm. and win the lot. It's very rare. I was never able to do it. No, no. I went undefeated twice and lost both grand finals. Yeah. Well, you know, I played in Grafton, so our uh, uh, as a junior, our undefeated sort of runs typically ended after the first game of the season. That was That's, that's where that sort of fell down. But... Mm. Uh, Oh, well. well, let's head to game game one. Game one. Let's do it. So, Logan started off pretty strong in this first quarter, and it was on the back of their defense, which they wanted to improve upon um, from the last uh, few, few weeks. Just really get a jump on the team they're up against, and boy, did they do that. And the Spartans just didn't have an answer. They only... Put up single digits in the first quarter, the Spartans. Logan weren't too much better, to be fair. Um, And you could tell straight away this was just going to be a scrappy, real tough series, just like we predicted, just like we wanted. Uh, And it was so good just to see these teams battle it out. I mean, Michaela Roof, 21 rebounds in this game. You know, just in the last two months... Some of these games, I said 23 rebounds, 18, 23, 19. Like, she's just grabbing boards for fun at this point. And 
She really showed out in this one, um, not necessarily offensively. Uh, she actually struggled a bit. She went on a donut there, none of 10 from the field, I believe mm. she was. Um, hit hit a decent clip from the free throw line, but really quarterback the team on defense as she does so well. And, you know, Shivana Palvist, um, she came through, had dropped 20, kept that offense ticking over, didn't shoot a super effective clip, but hit some really important threes for them. And, of course, Mal, I'm just leading all of this into talking about one Michaela Can. Oh, yes. Who yes. was on triple-double alert, didn't quite get there. But, my goodness, she couldn't be stopped. She played every second of this uh-huh. game. Yep. And she was the best player on the floor for every second of the game. She was indeed. It was uh, It was very good to watch. And it was fantastic to see because we've actually seen um, – we've seen Logan Thunder uh, women play twice now live. Mm. And – her handles, her ability to move with the basketball is you don't quite, you know, it doesn't quite come through on the on the TV broadcast, but when you're live, it's like wowzers. Just mm. and she showed that off in that first game. Like it was on a string. Um, she knew you know, she was putting up shots, high clip, did everything her team needed her to do. Um, you know, and, and they got the W. It was it was really nice to see. But there was one thing that really banged my backboard about this. <laughs> about this. Your and backboard keeps getting banged. Tonight. I know. This has just been a you know, <laughs> a tough week. But All right, what banged it? The fact that MBL one only put on they only had two referees on this game. Mm. And they had three on the men's game. Uh, I just, it didn't make any sense to me. You know, this is the MBL one North grand final championship round. What are we doing? Why is there not three referees? Yep. I, I agree. It makes no sense to me. If we can do it for the men, we can do it for the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the highest, you know, the second highest level in the land, if you will. And it just didn't make any sense to me, especially if we're um, having three games back-to-back and we're looking to use the same referees. Give them another set of eyes. You know, they're human. They're not perfect. They're just like the players. They've got to run up and down the court. Mm. You know, and you've only got two and you're going to use the same two for what – well, they use the same two referees, I believe, for the first two games. Mm-hmm. I can only assume they were going to do that for the third game. I don't know, but I can only assume – you know, you've got two human beings who, yes, you would have to be an athlete. I'm not saying they're not. But humans who would be tired, just like the players, by game three, give them another set of eyes. Give them someone else, you know, another set of professional, neutral, independent eyes. And if we can do it for the men at that level, we should be doing it for the women as well. In the grand final, you know, that was my... That was my big thing for me. It just didn't make any sense. I couldn't see any logic behind it. Mm-hmm. But All right. there you go. Rant over. <laughs> it's got a little cranky pants on this week. 
That's okay. A little bit. A little bit. The end of term. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Logan did win this one by four points away at Southern Districts. So, big win. We say away. Across Logan. It was not in their own arena. <laughs> and no, it wasn't. Look, as usual, I had my little contextual pick last week. Uh-huh. <laughs> we yep. both picked the Spartans in three on wax. Yep. We both picked the Spartans yep. in three. I did, however, say if Spartans win game one, they are winning game two. Uh, sorry, Logan. If Logan win game one, they're winning game two. Yeah, I wouldn't also be surprised if you said something where you've knocked out all all of the possible outcomes <laughs> in some sort of highfalutin way just to cover yourself for this exact situation. But doesn't matter if you, you know, said this, that, or that, or this might happen, or this hypothetical, <laughs> because we both put down a wrong answer. Yeah, you sure did. Yes, you did too. Because Logan came back and on the very next night, Saturday night, in a game that I felt the Spartans were had control of for three quarters, Yeah, Logan just came roaring back at the end and once they got on a roll in that fourth quarter, there was just no stopping them. I mean, Roof was just roofless. <laughs> nice. Um, Palvast, double double as well. And, and just scoring by committee. I mean, Michaela Can, who was the eventual uh, MVP of the series, didn't have a great shooting game. Contributed no, she did in, not start that game strongly. No, but she, she contributed in other areas and did her usual thing. Uh, Cassie Carroll gave, gave you some points. It was a really tough game. I mean, and even the scores are at just over 60. <laughs> You're not going to get a lot of big scorers in a game like this. No, and Michaela Roof fouled out, well, I think, with it was either five or six minutes left. And at that moment, watching, I was like, ooh, okay, we're going to get a game three mm. at that moment. But then it just completely turned and, you know, uh, and Michaela Can just turned up the wick. She wasn't the only one for Thunder, but she was that big one. She wasn't having a great game to that point. But in that fourth quarter, as you said, she really started to turn it on and she picked it up big time. Picked it up big time in that fourth quarter. I tell you what, though, a couple of Spartans players like Maddie Willey, if I needed someone to be hitting open shots, I'm taking her. Nadine Payne, solid down low as always, did her thing. Had, had struggles with Roof. I mean, Roof is just so dominant. She's such a talented player. Uh, Not just because she's a good friend of the show, but, um, you know, we've seen her live. We've is. seen her on the telly. Yeah. Oh, she, She's so good. But I tell you what, Mal, and this is something um, I said to you off air. Maddie Roshi, I'm taking her on any team I coach, any day in any league. My goodness, she dives after every loose ball. She's yep. trying to climb over bigger players for rebounds. Yep. She Every time there's a bump or a hit and someone's on the floor, it's her. 
And it's because she just wears everything on her sleeve. She leaves everything on the floor. Every possession counts. She's an intelligent player. She's super talented. She's still young. I believe she's only 23 or 24 years old. Like She's got a lot of development to go to an already well-rounded, polished game. And that heart determination, you can't coach that. You can't teach that. That's, that's within a player. And if you have that and then add on her, her talents she already has plus what she's going to pick up, there's a heck of a player in there. And, yeah, she conducted herself very well over these final series. Oh, she sure did. The amount of times she was on the floor, floor of that basketball court and looked to be broken. Mm. And there was, was it in game one when Ruth fell on her? And Yeah, and there was a couple <laughs> of times in this one because she would literally just, you know, and I had it on KO so I could actually rewind because obviously for the NBL one, they don't have replays yet. Um, but I was able to hit the quick rewind to go back and the ferocity of which she would throw herself mm. at the ball, at the at the play, there were, just did not hold no disregard for her own personal like well-being and mm-hmm. it's those little things that oh as a coach you just love you you can't help but love players who play like that so logan the eventual winners congratulations to them hell of a season they only lost one game all year it was to the spartans Yep. Um, but, you know, easily the two best teams record-wise in the league. We said on the show all signs were pointing towards this matchup. Yeah. We didn't get a third game, unfortunately, but the two games we got were so good. Uh, and could have gone either way. Oh, absolutely. They were not, you know... This wasn't two blowouts. And, no. Yeah. No. And they were close scores but incredibly close games mm-hmm. as well. Sometimes you get a close score, but it never really feels like the other team has a has a chance. At the end of both these games, it was on. It was it was on. It was a show of basketball. It really was. And, and as we mentioned earlier, Michaela Can, the well deserved finals MVP. So congratulations to her. I did love. I did saw some pictures um, through the week uh, of them. Sorry, of, of Logan Thunder getting up on the old step ladder with the scissors and cutting down the net. Mm-hmm. Loved seeing that. So Logan Thunder's gone into Spartan's house and they've cut down their net and taken the, taken the net home. Hopefully left 20 bucks in the locker room <laughs> to replace it. No, no. No, no. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> It'd be um, even more baller if they put it up in their own arena next, next year. <laughs> Yeah, and then make a big sign pointing to it. So, Logan Thunder, have you lost your net? Spartans. <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, them. Oh, well. Mr. I'm never wrong. All right. Before you're wrong too many times, let's jump across to the men. <laughs> let's do that. Mackay and Cairns. Now, didn't have super high hopes for this, given uh, Mackay and Cairns actually played each other just the very round before the playoffs. And it wasn't close. However, in that game, Harry Froling had 40 and 10. And there was 
no Harry Froling for this final series. So no, I was hope it would be closer. And I had faith. You gotta have faith. Oh, gotta have faith. So Mal, you picked Cairns in three, I believe. I did. I, did, I picked yes. Mackay in two, I believe. Congratulations, yes. Wow, spoiler alert much. <laughs> but yes, I was correct, like usual. Well, you say that, but look, let's look at it. As you said, the previous game they played just before the finals, yeah, wasn't close. It was a big blowout. They had Harry Froling. Without him, mm. both of these games with uh, was it with seven minutes to go, Cairns had a nine-point lead in the first game. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Then it was literally came down. Mackay just had self-belief. And it felt as if Cairns weren't completely convinced they could get it done. I mean, game two, Cairns had it in the bag. Like, yeah. It was done. And in the fourth quarter, Mackay just had this furious rally and... You know, in our interview with Jerron coming up, you know, he'll talk to us about what what changed in that second half in the fourth quarter and how did they get back on top of Cairns and take out the win here. But, I mean... The moment for me, uh, at the three-minute mark, it was around about the three-minute mark for Ketty, put up a three and it was rushed and it was an air ball and it wasn't close. Yeah, and then he started so strong in that game too. He did, Kenny. But then in the next couple of possessions, doesn't blink, doesn't bat an eye, gets the ball out there, in rhythm, swishes a three. Two possessions later, saying does the exact same thing from the opposite side of the court. Same thing. Then has a huge defensive stop at the. And all, this whole run came off a wildly missed air ball mm. and yet somehow didn't phase him, keeps going, bang, bang, bang. They get it to OT and the rest is history. I do owe an apology, Mal. Won't be to me though, surely. <laughs> Good one. To young Christopher Cedar. Yes. I know you must be a massive fan of the show. I'm so sorry, Chris. I was banging on about, you know, three-point shooting at a 7 of 11 game, 13 of 25 in your first two finals games. He then went 4 of 16 from deep in these finals. And, and Chris, I 100% blame myself. I apologize. I blame Dan too. And I know you'll be back shooting the lights out next season. <laughs> if you could just not do it against Brisbane Capitals, that'd be fantastic. Oh, that'd be so good, wouldn't it? <laughs> but every other team, back to your best, will be fine. Um, but Fichetti, awesome in this series. Malou did his thing. I, I wouldn't say he blew our socks off, but he didn't need to because it's such a well-rounded team. Like, Well, he caught a... He- Caught a couple of fouls in the first game and then we didn't see him for, mm. it felt like, almost a quarter and a half. Um, and then uh, I think it almost, I think it actually happened again in the second game as well. But, it, yeah, he felt like he spent a lot of time in the, on the bench in both games and then when he was on, it was on. Mm. So, yeah. But, look, 
I was very happy with both of these games. Uh, frankly, they were both very close. Both teams were obviously right in it. I mean, Cairns, if they, it, they just felt as if they were one player away. Just, just, just one player away or two big plays away, but they just couldn't close out and they were right there at the end with leads in both games. So, Jerron Jameson walking away with the finals MVP uh-huh. after two massive performances there, averaging you know around 24, uh, 6 and 6, I believe it was, for the, the final series. Not, not too shabby. <laughs> got it not done. And he, he's got a lot of talent and, you know, it would be interesting to see when we chat with him if he's planning on running it back with his squad, going for that back-to-back, um, or if we can try and convince him to come south a bit. Yeah, you never <laughs> we'll, know. We'll see what we, we got. But, um, oh, I think he's calling now, Mal, so maybe we better jump off of here and get into our chat. Let's do it. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Alrighty, Ball Don't Lie Australia listeners, as promised, superstar guest lined up for you this week. We have the NBL One North Finals MVP from Mackay, Jerron Jameson, a.k.a. Ron doing work. Jerron, thanks for joining us. What's good? Yeah, no problem, brother. Yeah, not, not a whole lot, man. Just just pretty much on the come down from the weekend, man. It was a very, very, very fun time, um, competitive environment. Um, like I said, super, 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 super happy that we got that win, um, like I said, in both of those games. And like I said, it was a very, very, very tough one, but nah, very happy that we uh, was able to get it done. We'll be talking about those games in depth a bit later on, um, but we will start off a bit earlier uh, in your life and career before that, if that's cool. That, that's all good. Alrighty. Uh, originally from Indiana, Um can you tell us just a little bit about early life and obviously your your high school that you high school and college that you played for? Okay, um, I am from yeah, like you said, Indiana, South Bend, Indiana. Um, a lot of people know it for um, University of Notre Dame. Mm. Um, I live um, pretty much down the road. Uh, about, I would say about ten. I wouldn't say down the road, but I would say about ten minutes away from campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I stay on the north side of South Bend. I've been living there for. I think maybe since I was five, maybe. So I would say the vast majority of the majority of my, um, yep. of what I can remember, I've been living in that same, pretty much that same house. Um, I went to Washington high school. Um, and it's funny because uh, I graduated in 2010. That man is crazy. It seemed like that was like yesterday, but anyway, that's, a, that's on a, that's on the side note. Um, yeah, it's, um, I graduated 2010. Um, it's funny because, uh, early on in my, um, basketball career because I didn't really start taking it super serious until I was about um, I would say about well, 15, 16 mm-hmm. um, and uh, in America that's actually very, very, very very late mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. far as like to be taking basketball as far as to be taking it serious because um, a lot of people in America you pretty much on the radar at that point you pretty much on the radar for college coaches and um uh, whether it be pro, it wasn't really too much of a pro thing then. Um, back then, when I was in high school, people wasn't really going from high school straight to the pros and stuff like that. But <clears throat> yeah, it was a, uh, it was kind of hard because I wasn't, uh, I didn't really have everything that all of these kids have now, like all like YouTube and all of the trainers and all of this other stuff as well too. Like I can't imagine what it would have been then. But um, yeah, so I finished high school. Um, I started 
varsity my second two years, my last two years. So my junior and senior year, I started varsity because we had a super, super, super competitive, uh, really good team um, in high school pretty much every year. Um, so I started varsity my last two years. Um, got my one college offer um, to go to a junior college out in uh, in Ohio, in Toledo, Ohio, called Owens Community College. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished my two. I finished my two years. Two years there was really, really, really good. Um, my freshman year, uh, I started and everything. Um, and I, like they going into that second year, I uh, really, really, really worked on my game. And uh, we got a new coach. And uh, it was a bit of an up and down year for me that second year because. My coach, uh, he was. We didn't really get along too well. Yep. Um, and uh, me and a couple of other my teammates as well too. We didn't get along too well. So that was a bit of a roller coaster that second year. But we had a really good team. Um, we had a couple of Division One players on that team as well too. Um, James Kelly and uh, Justin Edmonds. Those are two two high level Division One players. Um, and once once I finished that year, I went back back closer to home uh, in Indiana. So my grandmother and my family could see me play a bit more often over at Goshen College. Um, I, that's in Goshen, Indiana. Uh, I would say it's about, I would say about 30, maybe 40 minutes away from South Bend. Mm-hmm. Back to family. Um, and Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my family could uh, pretty much, they, my mom and dad pretty much came to every single home game. Um, that we had actually home and away game because it was, uh, the away game wasn't really too far uh, away from there. And uh, like I said, I, that was that last year, those last two years. Um, we didn't win too many games, but um, I had a, I had a really fun time playing with some of some of my really close friends there. And uh, yeah, like I said, I finished that in 2014, and it was on to the on to the leagues after that. So, growing up in Indiana, would that make you a Pacers fan, or did you go somewhere else? Uh, it's fun. It's funny you say that too, because um, a lot of people, especially out here in Australia, a lot of people ask me that same mm-hmm. thing, and it's funny because I never, I was never actually particularly a Pacers fan. Um, I was kind of always Lakers just by default because um, Kobe, man, that was like Kobe. so. Me and my best friend, uh, best friend from high school, um, we was like literally we would watch. I would, t- I'm telling you, maybe every single Lakers home game when we was in uh, when we was in high school, we would have probably watched every single game. I was like Kobe was the only person that we watched. Kobe was the only person that we watched. So I think I was kind of a Lakers fan by default. I was never too much Pacers, but I think I was kind of a Lakers fan by default just because of Kobe. Yeah, Dan's loving that answer. I'm a <laughs> I'm a Celtics fan myself, but, uh, you know, Kobe was Kobe. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, – I might have judged a bit right there, but I'm going to let it pass this time. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the death of Kobe, um, just how it happened in Australia here with time, it – you know, we found out just as we woke up in the morning and, geez, it was – I barely got to work that day. It was a very tough day for me. It hit me way harder than I thought it ever would have, but um, – Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy tragic. because um, – Yeah, it's crazy because, like, my best friend, he called me uh, – I think it would have been maybe 5.30 in the morning. Um, he called me and I woke up and I was like – I was like, what's up, bro? Because he never used to call that early. And uh, he called me and he was like, man, like, Kobe died. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, man, Kobe died, bro. Kobe died, plane crash. So I'm like, so obviously, you know, first thing you do is I'm going to go search it up, look it up, see if it's actually real. Mm-hmm. And, like, I could tell you, like, from that day, even until now sometimes as well, too, I don't think I've ever, like you said, I don't think I've ever, like, sat down and really been as emotional for somebody that I actually personally didn't know. Yeah. Um, and it was it was just so crazy to me because, like, he affected everybody in so many different ways and you never really understand that type of stuff and they say you don't understand that type of stuff until somebody is gone but it's crazy because even like even now to this day I, it still doesn't feel like he's not 
like walking this earth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just not not fair. But um, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, he almost felt like a superhero, to be honest. Hundred percent. I yeah, I can relate to that. Um, getting getting emotional just talking about now, so we might move on to, um, before I can't finish this. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you you are over here in Australia when that happened, of course. Um, yeah. How how did the move to Australia come about, and what was it like acclimatizing to you know the the climate here in Australia for you? Um, so I finished. Um, so I played at the um, NBL level over in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. When I finished, so I finished. So I played. Uh, uh, I finished college in 2014, and uh, 20. In, no, sorry, into 2015, 2016, early 2016 is when I played over in Canada. Um, as soon as I finished that season up over there, I think it was about March, maybe ish. Uh, March, I think it might have been April. Um, as soon as I was done with that, uh, I was back in America, and one of my friends. Um, uh, one of my friends that I had went to played against in college, should I say, sorry, he was over here in Australia. And uh, he had got me in contact with one of the coaches. It's funny because I went to Northern Territory first. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not a huge leap, <clears throat> but I went over there, especially at the time. Um, it's a lot better and stuff now. But I uh, had got in contact with my coach uh, for Anset Basketball Club over there in Darwin, uh, Paul Rouse. Um, and I talked to him for about, uh, I would say about, uh, a week or so, I got in, back and forth with him, uh, and then when I came out here, uh, long story short, we had ended up uh, coming to agreement that I think it was a good thing for me to come out here. And as soon as I did that, it was July 2016. Um, and like I said, going from America and Indiana, especially where uh, we get the most of every season. Um, like I said, winter we get a lot of snow, summer we get a lot of sun and stuff like that. But <laughs> man, I cannot tell you how crazy it was going from like america straight to like dog and it was like insane bro like i got off of the plane and literally i literally like was almost in a full sweat by the time i even like took six steps off of the plane had to google what humidity meant <laughs> i was like man this is this is kind of crazy this yeah, is kind of crazy it's just summer 365 up there mm. um, exactly whether it's like they like my mom and dad like oh is it winter time like man there is no winter here it is <laughs> wet and it is dry that's, that's mm-hmm. it it is no winter and, and wet is hotter <laughs> exactly it's- exactly steam season that's what i call it <laughs> now when you came over here um so I've traveled America twice and I've obviously spoken to quite a lot of um, Americans while I've been there and I've heard all sorts of stereotypes, you know, all the way from people who, you know, sort of know what it's like in Australia and, and understand and, you know, all the way down to people who think we have like kangaroos as pets and, you know, we, we ride them to, to work and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, when you were moving over here, did you have any stereotypes that were in mind of Australia that were flushed away or was was anything different to what you're expecting? Were you, were you scared that everything was going to kill you over here? <laughs> um, well, uh, insects and animals would be the first foremost thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, you see and hear the different type of stuff, but you never really know, especially with me going straight to Darwin first, where they got all different types of stuff up there. Mm-hmm. They got all different types of stuff up there. So, like I said, when I first got here, and it was so funny because I was literally just telling one of my friends this yesterday, i never forget. It was 
uh, it was I was washing dishes over uh, at my house over in Darwin. I was washing dishes, and I must have looked away for one second, and I came back. Luckily, I was finished with the dishes. It was like a um, huntsman, I guess they would call it. They, they call it sorry, huntsman spider, and it was like I'm talking about <laughs> as big as my hand, big hairy literally spider, sitting right right next to this thing. I'm like I like almost tore my ACL trying to jump back, <laughs> 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 trying to jump back. <laughs> So, yeah, like I said, I would say insects and um, stuff like that. But, yeah, I would say the main thing, like I said, and you, you would have heard this from, like I said, a million people is if you go to America, like kangaroos is the one thing. That's the one thing that people in America, like, would stereotype the most. is like, mm. oh, man, do you see kangaroos? Like, all the time, do you see kangaroos? Like, walking in front of your house, I'm like, no, bro, you never see that. <laughs> you, you never see kangaroos. <laughs> like, uh, Queensland, more than uh, more than anywhere, I would say, personally, um, you, you would, like, casually maybe see a kangaroo and stuff like that because when i was yeah. in gold coast i saw i saw kangaroos quite a bit um but yeah you don't really see them very, too very often but when you do they tend to hop away they're not really the, the friendliest if you get here too close up <laughs> yeah no things can get real real fast with kangaroos real ugly, real fast, fast. oh yes fast, for sure. oh yes um well speaking of the gold coast you spent a year on the gold coast with the seahawks and um, also spent some time up with USC Rip. Can you tell us about your time at both. Um, was there a personal preference? How, how how did you find things at at both clubs? Um, I would say um, I wouldn't say that I had a personal preference because I would say I took um, I took um, different things from different clubs from those two different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say uh, I start with uh, Seahawks. Um, I still have <laughs> I still have so many close friends that I was there with. Um, in Gold Coast, and I think that was the biggest thing I took from Gold Coast. Like we had so many, like it was tough. Obviously, um, I probably had one of my highest um, statistical seasons um, when I was in Gold Coast, um, and that was big. That was big for me, just coming on the scene uh, in Queensland specifically, um, just coming on the scene, um, trying to get my name out there and be recognized as a player, as a, like a legitimate player in a good league. I think that was my, that was the biggest thing for me in, in Gold Coast, but. It was tough at the same time. I probably had my best statistical season, but it was tough because we was pretty much. I think if we wasn't bottom, we was might have been second, mm-hmm. second maybe to bottom. I think I think we won like three games. I think the whole season. Um, so that was a bit tough for me for somebody that that is super super competitive. Like I'm talking about next level. Like I get pissed off if <laughs> somebody beat me in checkers type of thing, <laughs> <laughs> type of thing. So yeah, so that was a bit that was a bit tough for me. But like I said, the camaraderie, the camaraderie. Should I say sorry? And some of the friends that I made there was absolutely fantastic. And um, in a uh, rip, it was um a lot better. It was a lot um it was a lot better um, from a winning standpoint. Um, I only went there about halfway through the season because I was getting a bit, I was getting over an ankle injury. Um, but <clears throat> uh, rip was good because. Not only did I have um, good teammates, but I had um, good coaching as well too. Um, we had a bit of an influx when I was there, and um, when I was in Gold Coast, we had like three coaches that season. I think it was, um, and it was and it was good to go over this to rip with um, Nathan Arusi over there because um, it was a bit a bit more stability, and it was um, a lot of other good players as well there. Um, we just did uh, we just we just fell short in that first round. I think we might have lost by ten points. Seven points, ten points, something like that, um, in that quarterfinal, in that quarterfinal game, uh, when I was playing at Rip, which was uh, fantastic. But uh, I think <clears throat> Makai is a bit better. Uh, is a bit different uh, than both of those places, just because of the culture. Um, I think the culture is just like from day one when you get to Makai, like 
not only coaches but the community everybody will let you know like winning is at the first and foremost you know what i mean like winning is what we want to do and they they are not afraid to let you know but at the same time very personable and helped me feel like i was at home from day one yeah just quickly circling back to uh gold coast and sunshine coast uh hard-hitting question now which which one had the better beach Hmm. I would say personally, in my personal opinion, I'm I'm a bit more relaxed uh, when it comes to like outside of basketball. So yep. I'm personally going to say Sunshine Coast. Mm, yeah, agreed. I get that because we went um, and we probably live maybe maybe a hundred steps maybe from the beach. Nice. Yep. Um. So so and I was over at Malulaba. At Malulaba. Yep. Malulaba. Mm, my favorite. And we was beach. over there. <laughs> yeah, we was over there, and like I said, we lived probably about a hundred steps away. And uh, it was like we went there legitimately every single day. Like anytime we didn't have anything to do, it was like, oh, man, I'm kind of bored. All right, let's go to the beach. <laughs> oh, I, I ain't it. got nothing to do. Oh, let's go to the beach. Oh, we just got done with practice. Oh, well, we go to the beach. beach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. It's, yeah. It's... So, and I, I never, I haven't been to the beach too too many times down in Gold Coast. But it's, to be honest, like I said, it's usually overcrowded down there when I'm in Gold yep. Coast. So I'm just like, yeah, nah, sun, sunny coast all the way for me. I like it, and I agree. I um, don't know if you've seen, but the, the Seahawks have just announced they're uh, joining the NBL 1 next season, so that's pretty big for their program to be to be back. Um, they just made the final in the uh, QSL this season, so be good to see that yeah, program yeah, get back. Yeah, yeah, no, I did see that. I think it was, if not same day, I can't remember if it was the day before we started or if it was the day after. Um, we started that grand final series, but, um, yeah, I saw that and I, uh, actually commented on when I saw them posted on the, their Instagram page, I actually commented and told them congratulations. Cause now it's good. It's a, it's a big step up for them. Cause they, <clears throat> especially now with them going to QSL and even back then when I was playing there, they rely heavily on juniors. Um, and not, like I said, not only juniors, but they local players as well too. Um, they depend on a lot of local players that, that have one away to come back and play when they, um, start seasons up there, whether it be QSL, QBO, or now obviously NBL one, um, they depend on a lot on their local players and it'd be good to see how they can, um, put together a team and test with some of these other teams down here in this, uh, competitive NBL one. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, just in the, the preseason for this NBL one season, we saw that QSL Seahawks team play against our NBL one, um, capitals men and, Mal and I were very impressed with what we saw on the court. Like this was a team from the league below, but at least in the first half, they really gave the the NBL one team a run for their money, and mm. we were just impressed with their style of play. And you know, they just go after everything. So it'll be really cool to see them come up to the big league next year. And obviously, we wish them the best. Um, and I'd say we'd love to see you come back down there, but we'd probably prefer to see you play for the Brisbane Capitals. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, if we had to I pick, gotta, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and take a no comment on that one. <laughs> That's all right. That that box of chocolates that appeared on your doorstep that might have been from us. Man. No, 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 that was secret admirer. Our, our recruiting process has started. All right, <laughs> um, let's talk about this NBL one season. You're up there with Mackay. You were meant to play for them last year, but you know that respiratory disease struck the COVID yeah. and. That put a put an end to that. Well, let's talk about this season. Let's let's focus on the regular season first because we know you're yep. pretty excited to talk finals. Um, playing on a very stacked team, and it was a team that Mel and I both tipped to be very good from the start. 
Um, like your starting five was just unreal mm. <laughs> with talent. And what were some of your personal highlights from the regular season and, and the team that you got to play with? Um, I think uh, personally for me, uh, like you said, it was it's a fantastic it's a fantastic thing to have a lineup with everybody. Like we legitimately had like five players that could score, if not twenty, we got at least three they could score thirty or forty points mm-hmm. if they really wanted to. Um, and then like if they go on any other team, would probably average thirty points. You know what I mean? Um, and it was and it's a fantastic thing to have all of those, and it's a it's a great feeling to go out on the court knowing that you got all of those type of like killers, they're like players with like killer mentality um, around you. Um, but it was a it was a challenge for me too at first because I had to change my game quite a few times over throughout the regular season because um, I have always, especially since being in Queensland and being Australia in general, I have always been asked to just like man, just put the ball in the basket, put the ball in the basket, just score, score, score. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a bit different now, and I think it was a uh, it came a bit to fruition uh, towards towards the latter end of the season and uh, finals and stuff. But uh, like I know we're talking about regular season, uh, but I was it was good for me because it was a good challenge for me because not only could I challenge my, uh, I wanted to put my skills to the test, not only just scoring, but I wanted to show everybody that I could do all the other stuff as well too. You know what I mean? Not only just scoring, but uh, passing. And like I said, that's the type of stuff that I personally like to do anyway. Um, scoring, passing, uh, grab rebounds, play defense, get stops, um, push the fast break, all of that other stuff as well, too. Um, like I said, being able to come into this situation and play out throughout the regular season, like I said, with somebody like Joe who t- tells you like it is from day one. Like he told me from the very beginning, like I'm going to let you play with the ball in your hands and we're going to live and die with some of the decisions that you make. So I'm just going to put you in positions to succeed. And if we don't, then uh, you really don't have no excuses and stuff like that. And I think the regular season was, was absolutely fantastic. Um, I think we had a lot of ups and downs. Um, it might not look like that so much from the outside looking in, but I think we had a lot of ups and downs. But uh, I think it was the, the end result was pretty good, um, seeing that obviously we finished out the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some big games in there. Like um, Mel and I actually were in attendance of your game um, at Northside Wizards, which is in a pretty new expensive arena. It was also the debut of NBL star Mitch McCarron for the for the club. Um, is there yeah. any other games like that that stand out? Just whether you had a big scoring performance, whether you enjoyed a certain matchup that you were looking forward to in the season. What were some of the, like, just a couple real standout games? Um, I would say um, two of them that stick out to me in my head right now. Um, well, I would say three almost. The first one, um, if you want to go in order, I would say the first one was um, that first time we played Gold Coast. Um, because obviously with me being over there on the on the coast and stuff like that a bit, mm-hmm. a couple years ago with me being on the coast, that was always the rivalry. And that's kind of still playing in my head or every single time we played him. <laughs> um, so like I said, and we, with me being able to have a, um, a, a good game against them and us being able to get that win, uh, that was a big one. And, I, and plus um, Cam, Cameron Goldfinch, who, uh, who was over on that team, that's one of my really, really good friends mm-hmm. out here in Australia. Uh, one of my really close friends out here in Australia, and it was good to see him and and know that he's doing pretty well for himself as well too. So, um, like I said, but that was the first one. Um, the second one, like I said, I couldn't I couldn't even explain it uh, better than like how you said. Like that Northside game was fantastic. Well, number one, from a personal standpoint, like I I felt like I couldn't miss that that game. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that game, like I felt like every single thing I'm talking about from the very beginning of the game 
like I felt like was going in. Like I just literally every time I touched it, I was like, I'm I'm letting it go. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> you had near thirty that that game. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think I maybe played like uh, and he took us out super super early. It was like halfway through the third. I think we played. Mm. I think I played like yep. maybe twenty one minutes, maybe yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, so that one was that was fantastic, and not only because, not only from a personal standpoint, but it was good because um, we won how we knew we could. But at the same time, uh, one of one of the young boys who out here putting in a lot of work, Mac. Uh, Max Kane, he was mm-hmm. able to get on, uh, and uh, I think he wanted more underrated players out because I didn't see quite a quite a bit of players with me being a, uh, doing a lot of coaching around the around the state and stuff like that as well too. Um, I've seen quite a few good players over here in Queensland, and I think he probably might be one of, if not the most underrated, um, in my personal opinion. Um, but for him to be able to get on and not only get on but be ready for his opportunity, I think he had like ten points. Uh, <laughs> and like I said, that was a that was a good one from a team morale standpoint because everybody was getting around that. Yeah, and um, the, la- the last one I would say outside as, as far as regular season is concerned, um, that's obviously that Logan game. Mm. Um, with us being able to um, go up against them with the same type of similar lineup, I guess you could say. Uh, they had a similar type, style type of lineup, um, and they just got super, like, fant- absolutely fantastic guard play um, with Sean and, and Jeremy. Um, Jeremy is somebody that, um, uh, he, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he is from Indiana as well. Uh, I think he is from Indiana as well. And uh, he kind of one of those players that obviously you compete against, but I, I, I kind of, I would say I kind of look up to from the standpoint of I, I su- support everybody and I get behind everybody that I know works hard at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, that man is like no question always in the gym working out on his game and put in every stone to get exactly where he is, no handouts, no anything, you know what I mean? And that dude is um, just, like, unbelievable on the court. And like I said, obviously I don't play against him before, but when you're playing against those type of dudes, man, it's like that competitive nature, obviously that comes out. But for us to be – I know we ended up losing that game, but for us uh, to be down – and Harry didn't have his best game that game, and I think Chris was um, – I think he was a bit off that game as well, too. And with that being said, we lost by four. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we lost. We lost that game, but – for me personally, I looked at it uh, with the that, as the glass half full because I'm like, okay, we had our two two of our main scores have uh, single digit games, but at the same time we only lost by four. So I'm I'm very 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 happy to. I mean, sorry, I'm very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm very. Um, uh, for lack of better words, I, I I know that we'll be fine. For lack of better words, I know that I know that we'll be fine going uh, along mm, the road. Yeah. I know that we'll be fine down the, down the road. I know that we'll be fine. So that was the, that was the biggest three. Uh, but I would say Northside is probably probably the most standout because um, not only from a personal standpoint, but I, I feel like I think everybody scored in that game as well too. So uh, it was just from a team morale standpoint, that was just the best thing to be a part of. Yeah, it definitely felt like it being there. It felt like you guys were just sharing it around at the end. And there was very little that the Wizards could do about it. It was yeah, the, they, they, and it was funny because they had like like with our scout coming into the game, it was like, oh man, this player is averaging twenty. This player is coming off a so and so performance. This player is coming off, and like when we got out there, it was like we was make like everyone, everybody on our team was making every single shot, and we was like absolutely locking down the, our matchup. Every mm. single time, like we was locking down our matchups and we were scoring every single time. So it was like, even when they did make a run, they look up and they still down by like twenty five points. So oh it was yeah, good. Yeah, and it was good too because um, uh, if I can't, I can't remember his name specifically, but I think it's the guy who runs the whole club. Um, they was uh, 
chirping a bit on the sideline. And I, I was like, they was chirping a bit on the sideline. And that's the type of stuff that kind of turned me up a little bit anyway. So mm-hmm. I was like, I had a little bit of added on there too. So I know exactly yeah, who good. it was, but I'm not going to say their name on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, there we go. There we go. As long, long as you know and I know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it, was, it, was all, it was all the, it was, like I said, but with that being said, it was all in good fun, man. We had a, we had a shout out to the game as well, too. And like I said, even uh, a couple of games down the road, he's, friends on facebook and all that other stuff as well too so we had to chat after the game and it was like all of that stuff is all in good fun man because it's all at the end of the day just to come out and put on a good performance yeah which you sure. did you, you had 26 points in 23 minutes so that that's impressive stuff it really was it was fun man for sure all right um time to go after the smoke we spoke about a bit earlier yeah the all-star five for the nba one north was released did did not feature you on it, and you kind of took that to heart, and, and I I can see why. Before we talk about the finals and, and what you what you did to um, make everyone believers, who who would you change everyone in that top five to have yourself, or if you're going to put yourself in, who who comes out? Um, I. I don't. I don't want to get into who I will personally probably take out. <laughs> but so, I, don't, I can't I, see I why. No individual battles. Yeah, so I'm not gonna say who I would take out. But I personally, in my personal opinion, if I like my thing, my biggest thing was when I saw it. It was funny because we had literally just finished practice. Um, we had just finished our finals, our, our last practice before finals, and uh, I was sitting next to Max actually after after practice, and I looked at my phone, and they had announced who was all on the starting five. Mm-hmm. I look at it. First thing I look at it, I'm like, first off, I didn't know that it was just doing position. And then secondly, I thought it was the top five players of the conference. I mean, sorry, of the NBL one North regardless, but that's, a, that's on another note. But mm. uh, I looked at it and I'm like, everybody here hasn't played all the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody <laughs> here hasn't even played double digit game. So, uh, okay. But, uh, and like I said, and uh, with us having it would have been with me in there. It would have been three players. So I was like, man, everybody, everybody having played 10 games, I'm talking about especially. And, I, and let's just talk about from the guard position. Um, I was like, come on, man. I was like, that was that was my biggest thing. And I was like, nah, I don't I don't really know. But like I said, I think with me personally, I think as far as statistical is concerned, I, I, I had a, a really good season. Um, but with that being said, it, it, it was effective to winning. Um, I think, and that's, I think that was the biggest thing. Some people, um, like I said, regardless whether they was on or off, whether you could say they averaged so many points, but they had they had a losing result at the end of the day. Like whether it be maybe didn't even make finals or was out in the first round or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So, my me personally, I thought that I should have been in there, um, but when I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. Like yeah, the first thing I told Max was I was like, "Look at this! Don't forget it, because mm-hmm. um, this this whole weekend, both of these games, I'm about to be a demon. That's for sure." And and that you were. I mean, we were talking about your love for Kobe a bit earlier. I, I rounded some of these numbers up because it just works nicely for me. <laughs> but <laughs> over the finals games, you averaged 24 points, eight rebounds, which is just crazy at the guard spot. And seven assists. So of course, had to had to round those numbers up to get Kobe's two jersey numbers in there. Um, but that yeah. twenty four eight and seven, flirting with a triple double both games, um, obviously gave you the MVP for the games, which was well deserved. And 
on the show, I actually just apologise to your teammate Chris Cedar because he was absolutely throwing up fireballs in the weeks before this this uh, finals and. I uh, talked about it on the show, and then he stopped throwing up fireballs. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I apologise to him if you want to pass that on. I, I feel personally responsible. But uh, <laughs> do you want to talk us through the two games and like what an absolute battle they were? And you know, there was a, a starting lineup change for the second game. So, can you pull back the curtain a little bit for us in in the thinking behind that and how you felt that both games played out? Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Like I said, I think the biggest thing with um, with us, and I think um, I can go um, all the way back to, I think our preparation, man. Like, Joe did an absolutely fantastic job, not only in that final series, but all season with us um, being prepared and uh, scouting. Um, and scouting, like, we had the most detailed scout. We watched film for an hour before practice three different times that week. Um, and we watched it again uh, before we played Friday and before we played Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, when you go into a game and you got so much preparation and not only detail, and like I said, as far as not only did we watch film, we walked through what we watched on the film. We walked through what we was going to do. We walked through what they was going to do. Like, And like I said, regardless of who they had out there um, coming to play, that that was like the biggest thing for me as far as like not only indivi- not individually um, because I didn't have any, really anything to do with how I played specifically, but I think as a team as far as defensively is concerned, I think that was the biggest thing for us because we were so 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 well prepared uh, for those games, those two games, and coming in knowing exactly what they was going to do before they did it. And, but with that being said, uh, like Deba, man, the dude was like unbelievable. Mm. Um, me, me already knowing Deborah, um from because he played up in Darwin uh, a bit a couple of years as well. So I, I, I think I know Deborah for about three years now. Um, like the dude, like came to show up, like he showed up ready to play in both games. Um, I think it's a bit, a little bit lesser in that second game. He might have been a bit tired from that first night, but like, <laughs> Lord have mercy, man. That first day, I was like, dude, what is going on? Like, he's a bucket. He made every mm-hmm. single shot that he shot. I was like, and it was like it didn't matter for it. it if I'm going to be totally honest with you, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Damian Lillard, to be honest. Mm. Um, he, he like, came off of – whether it be coming off the screen, um, individual play, uh, isolation, hesitation, pull-up, like, uh, like man in the face. And, like, towards the end of the game, double team, he stepped through and shot it off the backboard. I'm like, yeah, Dude, yeah. are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> I remember that. I was, I was like yeah. – I was like, is this one of those type of days? Is this is this how we doing it? <laughs> but um, and it's funny and it's funny because how you said earlier, um, Chris stopped throwing up those fireballs. It was funny because like I think the whole season I think I might have shot like eighty something percent from the free throw line, um, and I was I was missing him in that first game. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, he might have been off um, from three point land that first game, but he came through at the end clutch and made those free throws for us to uh, get that win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came through clutch at the end of the game to get those free throws for us to win that game, man. And like I said, that was that was all that he specifically needed to do for that game, and that was absolutely fantastic. That's exactly what we needed, for sure. Was there just a, a just a sheer belief? Because in both games, Cairns had a lead going into those last five minutes or so, but it just so quickly felt like they were up and then all of a sudden 
slowly but surely, nuh-uh. Makai was just like, no, this is ours. This is ours. We've got this. And you just slowly came back in and then bam, 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 bam. Just all of a sudden, it just looked like you had it. So was there just a sheer determination of will or was it just sheer belief? Yeah, I think it was, um, to be honest, I think it was a bit of both. Um, I think it was a bit of both. Um, like I said, even even if I go back to uh, that when we played uh, that rip game, Joe he came out and told us like because they was I think they matched up the best with us all season. I'm talking about as far as like individually every single person, uh, every single person from guard spot all the way to the center spot. I think they matched up with us the best. He was like, man, whoever win this game is winning grand final. Period. Like whoever win this game is winning grand final, and that actually kept playing in my head. When we won that game, I'm like, all right, now it's just up to us to do it. We didn't even know Logan had lost that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, that that moment kept replaying in my head, and especially in that second game when we went down. Because um, Joe, he usually subs us off. Um, he usually keep, try to keep it consistent and takes us off um, as far as individually at the same, t- same time uh, in different games. Mm-hmm. So I usually come off at the end of that third quarter and a bit of that fourth, and I come in. Like once I went in the game in that fourth quarter, I think we was down, might have been 15 points. And uh, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, what I, I could think in my head was, like you said, not only belief, but I, the, one, the biggest thing was, I was like, Lord, I do not want to play tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to play at noon on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing everything I got in the basket into this game tonight. I'm throwing every single thing mm-hmm. I got into this game tonight, for sure. And um, like I said, Thankfully, and uh, because uh, I think a lot of it had to do with us being uh, with that home court advantage, man. I think um, I think that played a, a very, very underrated part in it. Uh, like our crowd really, really, really got behind us. Uh, not only those two games, but all season, man. They like they really got around us, and I think that helped us. Like me specifically, who um, I played with a bit of emotion as well, anyway. So I think that that type of stuff, like that crowd, um, the crowd, like the everyday reactions, and us, them getting around us, and all of that stuff, and like I said, with us being prepared and us knowing, us being in that moment before, because um, we've been in that moment before during the season, um, and us being able to battle back knowing that we have done it before, especially with us doing it the night before as well, too. So I think us being in that moment and us being able to pull it out in overtime, um, I think it made it so much better than if we just came out and just blew them out two games. You know what I mean? I think that made it this way, way so much better. Oh, definitely. That were, that were two really great games to watch. Um, especially in that second game at the end of regulation when was it uh, Forgetti put up – it was a rather rushed three, but it went up and it was an air ball with about three minutes to go. And yeah. then I think it was like the next two possessions or the next uh, – over the, the next three, put up two in-rhythm threes, splashed them down, and then got a defensive stop at the other end. And it was just like – you know, it, it just goes to show the difference in level because I could never imagine – having that moment airballing and then you know lining up again but i'm not you know i've never been a shooter i've always been more of a go inside guy and my game is not at that level either so <laughs> yeah and it's funny it's funny because um it's funny because and like i said as far as preparation is concerned not only billy but um uh Medhurst, mad dog um kai Medhurst, him, him coming in the game um not not really having a consistent. I mean, well, he had a, he had a lot of opportunities this season, but as far as getting super consistent minutes, um, he hasn't had that opportunity all season. But with him coming in, uh, in both of those games, for, in my personal opinion, with that second game, with that second game down the stretch, we don't win. I don't. I don't. 
I don't have the game I have, and we don't win if it's not because of him. Mm. We don't win, and I don't, I don't get the uh, accolades or whatever the case may be that I get if it's not for him. Because half of the time when he was making those threes, um, I was passing it to him and stuff like that. And like he he made the first one, I'm like, all right, I'm going to him again. Yep. He made the second one, and then a couple of the other ones too. He getting stops on defense, grabbing rebounds like that last game. That was the first game all season he had a double double, and like it came at the absolute like the best moment and the best time. Perfect so I was timing. Like, man, it was so many people, so many people that stepped up. Um, like y'all was saying that um, Chris might not have been hitting in that series, man, but it was so many people that stepped up in so many different ways, man. It was it was, it was like a fantastic thing to see with everybody, like because everybody say that man, I'm ready, man, I'm ready, but like. For us to be able to show it and not say it, it was absolutely fantastic, man. Definitely. Yeah, well, congratulations once again. Uh, it's been a well-deserved win. Been one of the top teams all season. Did it with our Frolls, of course, in the finals. So that, that's big ups and speaks um, to the, the depth of the squad. And we look forward to you running it with our Brisbane Capitals next year. It's going to be really yeah. exciting. <laughs> Again, speak it into existence, um, and those care packages yeah. will keep arriving for you. <laughs> um, but, Jerome, that that wraps us up for the formalities of this evening. If you do have a few extra spare minutes for us, we like to finish with a couple of uh, quick-fire questions that we call our Fast Five. That's all good, brother. All righty, let's jump straight in. Um, I'm pretty sure I know one of these players. Who would be your top five players of all time? All time. Um, I would say, yeah, obviously Kobe is one. Mm-hmm. Um, Froby too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you got almost counting the two different players. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe is one. Um, obviously, you got to put Michael Jordan in there as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even going to go as far as position. No, no. Um, mm-hmm. um, I would say uh, Shaq. Is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that man was just like absolutely dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaq was a big one for the league. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, LeBron, mm-hmm. uh, just because LeBron is too good at too many different things. Like you can't keep him out of top five. Like he's just too good at too many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly enough, to be honest, man, like Kevin Durant really creeping in there. In my in my eyes, Kevin Durant is is slowly creeping in there. But I would say. Probably for that fifth, I would probably say Larry Bird, maybe. Because, yep. um, like I said, me personally, um, I wouldn't say I've seen too too many games. I didn't see any live games of Larry Bird. But, like I said, when you look back on the highlights and people would like, vouch for his name, man, the dude was, like, absolutely insane. Yeah, so I would probably say Larry Bird, Kobe, Michael Jordan, um, LeBron, and Shaq. All right, very good. Long-time listeners of the show will know I call Kevin Durant the greatest offensive weapon we've ever seen. So I agree with you 100%. He's getting there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When it comes to, like, scoring, like, I put Kevin Durant, uh, prime Tracy McGrady, and, like, um, uh, you could almost say James Harden now as well, too. Mm. Like, so them dudes is, like, like, they make scoring, like, the most absolutely insane moves look unbelievably easy. Question number four as we count down here. Four people that you would invite to a barbecue, dead or alive? Four people. Um, any four people in history? Any four people in history. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I would say Denzel Washington. Oh, yes. Um, yep. just, second just guess to say that. <laughs> yeah, just because I would love to love to hear um, 
like everything about all the stuff he done been through. Like I said, just pick this dude's brain just in general. Um, He's the guy. Uh, two, I would say, obviously Kobe. Um, um, just because of, like I said, same thing, man. Just like love to pick the dude's brain and just like hear all the different stories and just the way he went about doing stuff and different stuff like that. Um, three, I will probably say J. Cole. Yes. Um, just because of, I've been a fan of that. I've been a fan of J. Cole since I was in junior college. So 2010, maybe 2011. Yeah, no, it would have been 2010. Sorry, 2010. Um, so I've been a big, huge fan before people even, he, before he even really blew up and who people knew who he was, man. Like that dude, and like I said, just the humble nature that he go away, go about doing it, man. I would love to, like I said, have a chat with that dude as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Four, I would probably say, probably Will Smith. Oh, good nice. choice. Good nice choice. Prince. I would probably say Will Smith as well, too, man, because this dude just seems like he'd be like the funniest dude in the world. Just oozes <laughs> charisma. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, like I said, my honorable mention, I've I got to throw another one in there, Dave Chappelle, for sure. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Hilarious, yeah, man. For sure. Hilarious. For sure. He might actually have to be in that four. I don't know who I would take out, but he probably <laughs> have to be in that four. Love it. All right, question number three. Uh, favorite movie, uh, favorite artist, and then favorite album or song? Favorite movie, favorite album, and favorite artist. Um, favorite movie will probably be... Mm, favorite movie probably be Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yes. Nice. I like nice. it. Nice. Favorite movie would probably be either Happy Gilmore or Rush Hour, one of the two. Mm. Um, oh, very good. Happy Gilmore is like, I literally just watched that the other day. Yeah, like those <laughs> are probably the two funniest movies I've ever seen, for sure. <laughs> um, favorite album all time would have to be... Um, um, I'd probably say Born Center, for sure, um, by J. Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, Born Center, Born for sure. Uh, I think that's the that's that should be top five regardless. Um, like you said, dead or alive. Um, and then my favorite artist. Um, are we going all time or just uh, just in general, just right now? Uh, totally up to you. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go say I'm gonna say right now just because they they cold and I'm putting a whole lot of music out. I'm going with Drake, man. Got to go with Drizzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Got to go with that man, Drizzy. That certified lover boy. Certified lover boy. It's real heat right now. It's real heat right now, for sure. You you rate that over Donda? Yes, for sure. All right. For sure. All right. For sure. Like, well, I don't want to say for sure, but <laughs> but uh, I don't want, I don't want that much smoke. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, nah, certified certified is 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 more of my type of my type of vibe. Donda was good. Um, like I said, Donda, I like the words wasn't really too 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 fire to me like i said his lyrics wasn't really too fire to mm. me like the beats from kanye are always gonna be there like if you got a bad kanye beat then he just wasn't really on his time but like i said because you always gonna have good kanye beats but the lyrics i was just like nah. it's no it was no graduation um question number two two pairs of kicks your first pair and your favorite pair uh, the first pair of shoes I go, uh, my first pair of shoes I remember I had, uh, they were steel, steel Jordan 10, the Jordan 10, steel, uh, the steel, uh, colorway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like the white with the black and gray. Yes, sir. The steel 10s. Yep. 
Uh, that was like my first pair, especially of Jordan. Uh, my favorite pair would probably be Kobe Six, for sure. Any specific um, colorway? Um, those home that home colorway that uh, came out initially. Um, mm-hmm. so they was the white, just the white snakeskin with the purple, um, like Nike tick. Yep, yep. Uh, those was fantastic because I remember uh, my dad. He let me get out of school, and me, me, my dad, and my uncle Charles, we uh, drove to Chicago to go get it. They like, like went to get them for me, and we went to Chicago. And like, bro, I, when I tell you, those was not only some of the best shoes I ever wore, but like they lasted for so, mm. so, so many years, bro. Like now, yeah, those was definitely like not only was those the best like performance shoes I've had, like but the best like they got those got so many memories on them as well too. So Kobe Six for sure. Nice. All right. Uh, if you could relive or replay one game, which game and why? Why would you pick that game? Um, man, that's a good question. Um, thank you. <laughs> if I could, if I could, uh, <laughs> if I could relive any game, I would probably say, um, yeah, I'm gonna just go ahead with probably the obvious answer. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. This last this last game that we had, just because mm-hmm. of um, not just not just because of the fact that we won, but like you said, like y'all said, touched on earlier, man, just the way we won, the way we was able to get it done, man. Us being down by like double digit points in the fourth quarter, and that like with ten minutes to go, I'm talking about like under five minutes of being down double digit points, mm-hmm. um, and the way that we came back, and with it being a team effort, not not just one person um, carrying, but with it being a team effort. Um, I think, like I said, I, I could I could do that a million times and it never get old. I think that was like, I think that was one of the better moments I'd have had. And it, and to be honest, for me, um, I know the year is not over yet, but it put a put a cap on a, a fair, fantastic year for me for sure. Absolutely, yep, fully agree. That that was definitely a game that um, I'll probably end up rewatching. Like, yeah, for sure. I can only imagine, like, from a fan perspective, it was probably like, man, this shit is crazy, man. It's so crazy. <laughs> it was definitely good. And it was the grand final series that we were, I know I was genuinely hoping for. Like, it was really genuinely tight. It went to and fro. That's all you want from grand final stuff. Like, especially with, with our team, you know, being out. Like, yeah. You know, it, it was and like really that, with that, And with that being said, too, like, Brisbane, we didn't get them out of there easy. <laughs> like Whoa. Brisbane put up a fight all the way until the mm. end. Like Nick, Nick didn't have his best game when we played at um, in Brisbane because like um, that he was pretty much the, the focus of our scout when we went to Brisbane. But when he, when they played here, man, he got he got loose for sure. Man, he kept him in it, man, for sure. Definitely did. All right. Um, I hope you're not good at math because I know we call this fast five. I'm throwing in a sixth question, so please don't yeah. hang up the phone. <laughs> that's all good that's all good math, math ain't never really been my, my subject, so alright let's call this question 5 then <laughs> 5B um, very last question I promise but that's we're going to need your help with your answer so final question is who do you think we should have next on Ball Don't Lie Australia mm. that is a fantastic one. Oh. Mm. um Oh, no, I know exactly who you should talk to. I know exactly who you should talk to. Have you talked to Eric McAllister? Uh, no, 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 we have not. I, I personally would reach out to him if you, if you, um, if you can, and I can send him a message as well too. I can definitely hook you up with that one because that's one of my, 
like very close friends out here in Australia, and um, he would have a lot to a lot to give you, man. Outside, like outside of basketball as well. Um, very, very, very thorough dude. Um, he always got a lot to lot to offer, and he's been uh, doing a lot of writing in the last couple of years, especially throughout COVID. Um, he's been super, super, super heavy on his um, he a mental health advocate at the moment as well too. Um, doing a lot of different stuff for the community and and um, for the online community and stuff like that as well too, with like different blogs and all this other stuff as well too. So I think he'd definitely be a, a interesting interesting one to chase up for sure. Yeah. yeah, that mental health stuff, that's that's near and dear to both of our hearts. With, yeah, with especially both. especially with all, like, especially with, with COVID, man. People didn't realize oh, yeah. how much, man, like, mm. obviously, when you when you got to sit in the house, physical health is, is going to be a key. But like I said, when you got mental health, the people that, people that, I don't think people really realize how, how tough it is to, like, because I had the quarantine when I went from, from Victoria to Darwin last year. And, like, bro, that was some of the hardest times of my entire life, bro, just sitting in a room, bro. Like, you got to literally depend on everybody to do everything for you yeah and all you got to and, and uh, like everybody knows man like when you got to sit alone with your thoughts it, it can be a hard thing sometimes mm. <laughs> mm. yeah 100 percent. well we'd really love to chat with uh eric if if he'd be keen to come on the show sounds like he's killing it off the court as well as on the court um with rip city so um yeah that'd be fantastic but that, that's a wrap. You, you've made it through. It's been fantastic chatting with you tonight. Um, really appreciate you opening up, pulling back the curtain as much as you can and giving our listeners a, an insight to who you are on and off the court. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, that is all good. But I appreciate it again, man. I appreciate y'all giving me a giving me an outlet to voice my opinion and all this other stuff as well too. So yeah, man, I really appreciate y'all fellas as well too, man. No problem at all. You. And you'll you'll always be welcome back. You're officially a friend of the show, and we'll hopefully chat with you again in the future. Absolutely, man. Y'all have a good y'all have a good one, man. Y'all take it easy, brother. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. All right, time to circle back with Crackham. This is that part of the show where we circle back to that pack of cards that we cracked earlier in the show. We've both picked one. Uh, I've actually gone in the end. It was tough. It was tough. I've actually gone with Tyler Hero. Now, Tyler Hero had that breakout season in the bubble uh, with Miami Heat where he was able to help Miami in a big way, go much deeper than anyone expected. Uh, and then which was, you know, very lovely for him. And the idea was basically from everyone around the, basically around the league, Miami fans, Miami front office, especially Pat Riley, uh, that this kid's got something and they're going to develop it and turn it into, you know, a really big piece. Now, to the point when uh, Toronto Raptors were trying to do a deal uh, to send Kyle Lowry last season, Tyler Hero was off the table and deals broke down right at the last um, for a few different reasons. Uh, the fact that Tyler Hero was not on the table from Miami was one of them, but they also uh, just pulled the pin. Um, is the general consensus that 
Pat Riley just didn't have it. There wasn't enough pieces and he didn't feel as if he was winning the trade. And look, you know, he ended up with Kyle Lowry and he still has Tyler Hero. Only real problem was last year was a very vanilla season for Tyler Hero. There's a lot. He did not live up to the hype and expectations from that bubble playoff uh, playoff run that was had. Um, and of course, Miami as a team didn't live, didn't follow that up, didn't run that back in. Obviously, being uh, swept. Uh, Tyler Hero will need to really step it up this season if he's going to realistically going to be able to stay in Miami for long term. Uh, I actually saw a weird viral video the other, well, say viral, it was a video um, of some young lady who was so, he would, Tyler Hero was somewhere signing autographs. She was so excited, she forgot how to park her car and crashed into a wall. At low speeds, everyone was fine. But, yeah, I don't know. If I saw Tyler Hero, I don't know that I'd be that excited personally. Maybe. I feel like if you saw Tyler Hero, you wouldn't know it was Tyler Hero. Uh, look, possibly. <laughs> but he did have big NBA jewellery on. So that'll, that'll do it. Yeah. It'd be a, huh. I think I know your face. Oh, jewelry! You must either be a rapper that I probably don't know, or an MB. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's who you are. Yeah, yeah. we're all good. We're all good. We're all good. Uh, but yeah, tell the hero. Look, could be a hero. Uh But currently, really needs to step it up, especially this season. Uh, he'll be one of those players. He has not been in the league a very long time. Um, this being his, this was his only his second season, so he doesn't have a huge body of work. He had that really good first season, but flat second season, year number three, really needs to step it up, get it moving, because last season was not great. And if he wants to go anywhere or go up in the world and be be amazing and do good things, he'll have to get it moving. All right, I'm going to keep it nice and short and head over to Dan now, who's obviously gone with Mike Connolly, and we'll speak about him for hopefully less than 35 minutes. Well, it's a bad start now because I'm speaking not about Mike Connolly. No? no? I'm speaking about all-star Mike Connolly. Ah. you got to put some respect on that name. He is an all-star. It says on his page, basketball reference, Wikipedia, it's all there. It just says all-star, NBA all-star, 2021. Not yep. replacement all star, none of that. Just all star. Okay, okay. All star. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia isn't, you know. I said on Basketball Reference as well. That's okay. that's I, the I Bible will, for basketball. I will accept Basketball Reference <laughs> is a reputable place. You can check it out. So yeah, Mike Conley. He was just destined for great things. In street clothes. Sorry. Dad. Dad was a gold medalist in the track at the Olympics, triple jump. Uncle was a linebacker. It's, there's some genes there just saying that, you know, you could probably be quite athletic. And he just said, yeah, might go try play basketball. And he's been pretty good at basketball. Yeah, he went to the Ohio State University with one Greg Oden. You might remember that name. Um, Trailblazers f- fans might not want to, but uh-huh. he, he was a guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, he, he went fourth to the Memphis Grizzlies 
and was competing with Cole Lowry and who the Grizzlies were going to go with. The Grizz were almost going to give up on Conley, move him on, ship him away. They decided to stick with him, and the association is very glad they did do that. Spent 12 years with the team. He's the franchise's all-time leading scorer. Being such a young current team, that all-time leading scorer will remain for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, in his time with the Grizz, they never won a chip now, which he liked to remind me all the time. Or a conference final. But they were robbed of a conference final, but they were there. They got there. No, I never said they didn't get <laughs> they, there. They were robbed, 100%. But... Yeah, so I'm just supposed to accept that when you won't accept that the Kings were robbed? No, I 100... No, they were... <laughs> I I can come to the party on that. I have said, I'll give you game six, but they couldn't get game seven done at home. That's 100% on them. But we've been there. We've done this argument. Uh-huh. We both have differing opinions, and yes, this that's is not going to change tonight. This is a fresh argument. Yes, continue. <laughs> um. But that grit and grind era, so well known for the toughness they brought. As we spoke about a little bit earlier on the pod, they're the team you don't want to see in the playoffs or you didn't want to see. All their jerseys are going to be up in the rafter. There'll be statues of them around the FedEx Forum. And and now Mike's over in Utah and he's trying to get that team going and keep moving them forward. He actually played really well this season. They not, just not in the last game, but yeah, I was fourteen other blokes on the <laughs> roster, <laughs> and it, it's just a team that's not built for the playoffs, in my opinion, and and that's what I said on on the show at the time. They're, they're built to dominate all regular season, but they just don't quite have the versatility to go all the way in the playoffs. But you know, that's something we'll come to when we do our analysis of them in the coming weeks. But Mike Conley. Is he a Hall of Famer? Oof. Not first ballot, that's that's for sure, but he may creep in second ballot. May. I mean, I, I if I had to choose, I would say probably doesn't make it, but it's a possibility. But I, he's probably going to come up short, I think. But he will be known as a very solid player for a long time was probably the best player in the league to not make an all-star team, which is now gone, Mal. He's now not that player. That can belong to someone else. Which, ironically enough, might have actually hurt his Hall of Fame chances. <laughs> Possibly. Just with that idea of, you know, you know, he was the greatest player never to make an all-star. Like, that, you know, narratives work on the Hall of Fame and the NBA and those mm. sort of things. So maybe in a you know, alternative universe where... You know, he isn't uh, Asterix All-Star or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that then helps him to get into the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. I think he needs a chip. Yeah, but he is also getting to that age where, you know, he'll he'll be on one-year contracts if he isn't already um, and could maybe go ring chasing. I mean, I don't blame people who do. I fully understand it because you spend your entire life basically going for one goal. Mm. You know, 
you're not going to want to spend your you know, your last one or two seasons, you know, playing for a team with no chance that you know unless there's other reasons, unless it's like where you started, unless it's your actual hometown. So he could get one. He could. We we will see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but from one of us. That that's a wrap on Crackham for this week. That's a wrap on the whole show, Mal. It is. Oof. Yeah. Had a big one. Back to our regular programming, checking yep. out the off season, just biding our time before the regular season kicks back off in, in NBA and NBL for us. Yep. Of course we'd like to thank uh Jeron Jameson again for joining us. That was good fun having a chat with him and killer mentality. Love it. Really enjoyed speaking with him and you know, hopefully we might see him come down south. <laughs> I won't Never hold know. my breath too much. But Never know. We're going to talk this into existence. We're getting some people to move down here, hopefully. But well, if we can get Sobe a boomer's jersey. Once again, you're welcome. <laughs> but we'll be back next week. We'll be breaking down our first division in the Western Conference. We'll be checking out two new NBL teams. Well, ones we haven't covered. Not necessarily new to the league. They do have one sitting there. And we do have another special guest lined up. So keep an eye out on the socials for some clues on who that might be. Remember to get, once you find out who it is or figure it out, you can send through some questions that we might ask them during the interview. In the meantime, though, rest up, stay safe. It's holiday season. Let's hope that there's no bad news here in Brisbane and we can all be outside Enjoy and holidays, enjoying eh? ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Remember, get on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit all those buttons for us. Like, follow, subscribe, share. Feel free to tag some friends. We're getting close to that 300 mark, so that's pretty cool, pretty special. Let's make sure we get there. Um, ways you can do that, run outside, tell your dog, run out the front, yell across the road to your neighbor, tell them about us. Mel, who are we adding in this week? Uh, let's go with your local optometrist. Mm, that actually, yes, that reminds me. I am, how long are school terms? Two and a half months. I'm two and a half months overdue with my optometrist appointment. So when I go these <laughs> school holidays, I'll do just that. Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. I think that's a wrap of our 36th episode. So our Marcus Smart episode, number 36. Yikes. I yeah. prefer Maxwell Smart any day. Uh, yeah. I missed it by that much. You did with that with that, <laughs> uh, with that that joke. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have a uh, 70s American accent or whatever, it, <laughs> whatever you call that. <laughs> that voice is so hard to emulate. Uh, but we'll be back. Not even the best. The best joke from that show is that every, no matter how big anything is, it's always the second biggest of that <laughs> thing that he's ever seen. He's always seen one bigger. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> okay. We'll be back next week, folks. Um, if you can put up with us for another show, it'll be another big one. Trust me. I'm looking forward to it. Second biggest. <laughs> yep. Mel's describing himself. That's fine. So we'll be back next Thursday. Find us. Um, follow those socials. You'll see the episode pop up on there. 
you can click the link or just check Spotify, good friend of the show, and Copskiss does just that every week. Dedicated listener. Shout out to Ant. Love your work, Ant. And if you could share us, please do. That's everybody, not just Ant. Ant already does that for us. Legend bloke. We'll see you here. Same time next week. Until then, remember, that ball don't lie. Never does.